Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Mutt from Bow Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. It's really, really not that good. It is episode number 178 of the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. We are right here in beautiful Sherrard, Illinois, 1600 Buckslayer Place. The Buckatorium is where we record at. I am Steve. In the studio today is Kurt. Hello. Eric. Good morning. Brian or Billy? Brian. I'm kidding. <laughs> Brian Johnson, uh, our, our good buddy. Uh, you've been on a couple episodes. You know what, dude? You're on like number four now, aren't you? Uh, no, it's only three, I think. This is three. Hmm. Dose. Yes. Good job. Interesting. Moving right. along. Thanks I didn't do my for, homework. Yeah. For tuning into the episode, we are doing this episode on brand new recording equipment, and we feel underqualified to run it. Um, as much as we like podcasting, we uh, aren't huge tech nerds. I care more about killing deer than I care p- about podcasting. Um, to be completely honest, yeah. um, but this podcast is something to do in the meantime. So keep that in mind. If this is kind of out of whack as far as our volume levels and all that, we're still getting accustomed to this. Um, We're just a bunch of bush light drinking rednecks that are trying to figure out uh, nerdy equipment. Beer swilling hillbillies with a couple of (laughs) control board, uh, whatever you want to call that. Our point exactly. Yeah. So let me me take a swig of beer so I can figure that one out. In the meantime, Kurt's going to let you know how we keep doing this podcast. Our podcast is brought to you by... Since Steve is drinking out of a beer with an HHA koozie on it, we're going to go with HHA Sports. Um, absolutely love HHA. Uh, lifetime warranty. Um, actually, no questions asked lifetime warranty. If you drop your bow out of a stand and it sh- uh, your sight shatters, which it won't if you already had an HHA, but if it breaks or something happens, they either fix it. If it can't be repaired, they'll, they'll uh, replace it completely. But good single-pin sights. Make the jump. Try a single-pin. It'll help you in your long-range shots, in my opinion. It did for me. Um, really clears up that sight picture. Um, it's nice to have a site you know is is built solid by uh, red blooded Americans. So check them out. <laughs> exactly better than uh, better than yellow blooded Americans. Yeah, I don't know what that really means, but keep, you take off the next. one. I will take it off the next one. So uh, I'm going to get the stink out of the room. Scent crusher, 
We couldn't do it without those guys. We had the room clean going, and with the new technology, uh, we can't have it running right now because it would have picked up. But that uh, all new room clean. So if you got like a little uh, cubby that you put all your hunting gear in and stuff, man, and you don't you don't want to spring for the closet. Throw that in there. It plugs into an outlet. You can run it uh, 10, 20, and 30 minutes. Especially, it's really nice in the bathroom. Scent Crusher also makes <laughs> the gear bag, the Ozone Go. Closet. In the closet. Making sure all your odors are eliminated. Mm-hmm. It's worked out fantastically for me. I keep bringing it up, but my work boots. Man, I, I don't know what I'd where I'd be without Scent Crusher <laughs> for my work boots. But it works really good for hunting, too, guys. People always ask, like, does that ozone stuff really work? I'm like, well, it's science. I mean, I don't know science. You can't wrong. argue that, can you? It's like, you know, it's like, you really going to argue me? Yeah, of course the earth is flat. Yes, exactly. ozone works. <laughs> yeah. You know? So it's like, I don't know. Is there an argument there? No, there, there no. shouldn't be. It's science. It's simple, cut and dry. No uh, no argument needed. And that's what people will message like, does that scent crusher stuff really work? Yes, it works, and Scent Crusher has put it into a platform where it's easy for hunters to use. Mm-hmm. In the bag, in the tote, um, the Ozone Go plugs into your truck. Uh, it's not really called a cigarette lighter anymore. The, yeah, power, the power source. Yeah, the power cell source. Phone I, charger. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, cell phone. Man, that's that's a, that's the decline of America when you can't even you can't have a cigarette lighter okay. come with your truck anymore. It's anyway, just, they made it. Good. They made it easy for hunters to kill scent. Anywhere you're at. So it's super nice. And all the bags and all the, the ozone units come with like a car charger port. Yes. I'll call it that. Is that good? You that is good. That? You yes. know what else yes. is good? Elite archery. Mm. Very good. Guess what's Very happening good. this month? It is November, in case uh, no one has picked that up. It is the best month to be in the whitetail woods. Of all months. Of all months, in the Midwest especially. Uh, this month, Elite's going to be releasing three new target bows. Mm-hmm. Not sure what day it is, but tasty. It's either going to be <laughs> it's going to be within twenty eight days. I can probably promise that. Three target bows. <laughs> Three target bows. How did I miss out on this? How? What do you? Who do you know that I don't? I don't like to okay. kiss and tell. I hear you. Word. Or text and tell. Word. You know what I'm shooting for a target bow? What's that? An E35. Yes, you are. Technically, that. I haven't even shot it yet. But but I have it to shoot. It looks uh, it looks gorgeous. I, I and I hope they come out with some new colors and things like that. I don't know what's going to be happening, but um, yeah, be on the lookout. Check out their uh, website, eliteartery.com. Real quick, I got a, I'm hunting with the tempo. I got mm-hmm. the E35 for 3D and target fun stuff. Eric, I'm shooting the Option Seven. Mm, it's a good bow. Yep, it's beautiful, sexy looking too. Oh yeah, I might add definitely. I'm just an inch shorter on the Option Six. Yeah, a little faster though. So tell me about your brace height. Six inches. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what you were talking about the first time. No, no, no. It was uh, totally talking about the bow. But yeah, uh, be on the lookout. Again. <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, my, <laughs> go to EliteArchery.com. <laughs> check out all their social media, um, their Facebook. They just did a live video where they uh, took Darren Christianberry out um, and they walked around the, the factory. So it, it was cool. They showed the process. Yeah, I missed of, that too. Dude, they showed the process. They take like the sleeve and they put the riser in there and it conforms to it and then they they do like wizard magic or something and that's how they get the pattern to stick really? there. It was interesting. It's not like yeah. a dip. I, no. I, I, I kind of watched like half of it. I was on lunch break <laughs> and I was like, that's nuts. So I was going to go back and watch it tonight. Um, you forgot, didn't you? No, I just haven't had time. Oh. No way. So it's like a sleeve they put it into and then that's how it it's, holds. Yeah. It's up. weird looking and they like pull all the air out of it. So it's like super tight. It's, it, it's, I remember it's Darren saying something where they, yeah, they pull all the air out of it and then someone actually sits there 
Yeah. And pushes this material all the way in every crevice. That's exactly what they did. Yeah, they showed the guy, and he's pushing in, like, all the riser holes and just everything. Whoa. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. It was nuts. <laughs> Trade like secrets. That's better than, like, that just seems, like, what I'm picturing in my brain, that seems more durable than just, like, a liquid, like, dip. Like, you just dip it in, and then it's like, okay, yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't know if they put a charge to it, but it sounded like they were they were referencing powder coating, so I, I assume it... Mm. Um, I think they do put an electrical charge on it and how a uh, powder sure coating works. Do, yeah. I'm not, I'm not an expert in the, in the, the field of science period, but you know, I just want to let you know that, but I think that's uh, a similar process where they somehow get a charge on it and it sticks there. Cool. But yeah. Interesting. I'll have to check that out. We'll have to share that up. Um, elitearchery.com. Check them out. We appreciate their support of the show. Smith's custom meats and deer processing. I got my dough back from Smith's the other day. Mark mm-hmm. Reif delivered it to my house. Oh, he did? I got a good system going on. <laughs> I just wait around for people to deliver stuff to my house. Oh, because uh, he had to go there anyway, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. So I think I we got, all got our meat back, didn't we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I got a whole bunch of goodies. Um, I'm super excited, man. I, I got the deer sticks. I got the new garden medley brats. Oh, yeah. I got those as well. I haven't... Uh, I mean, it's not really summertime, so you don't really feel like eating brats, but I bet on a... Uh, Wonderful summer evening. Those would be delicious. You can eat brats any time of the year, the way I look at it. Yeah, it's America. You, oh, that's yeah. true. It is America. Yeah, we can do whatever we want. Pretty much. All right. You listen to Toby Keith and cook brats. Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm down with it. I am down with it. Moving right along. Thanks to all our uh, supporters of the show. We appreciate the heck out of you. Uh, we'd appreciate it if all our listeners would check them out. And uh, why we like them so much, you'll, you'll find out that way. And... Uh, I don't know why they like us. I just know why we like them. So check them out, and we appreciate the hell out of them. So. Speaking of appreciate the hell out of, we appreciate the hell out of vets, as you guys know. Yes. Got a vet shout-out today. The vet shout-out this week is going out to our buddy Scott Gardner. Um, he's a former Marine. Well, I, I, I hate to say it. He, uh, he is, he's a Marine, but he's out. You know, you're never a former Marine. Once a Marine, always Marine. But, um, yeah, he served our uh, country. We want to thank him for his service. And thank you for being so patient with us. He knows what we're talking about. <laughs> but we love you. He's a he's a good dude. Um, lives out in the boonies in Ohio, so you can't ever call the guy. You got a Facebook Yeah, I tried to call him yesterday. Yeah, that don't happen. So Because I, I remember I was gonna, I tried to call him for something else, and he I, I was like, hey, I'm going to call you. You know, let him know. And he's like, eh, that ain't going to work out, brother. I don't have service where I live. <laughs> Well, appreciate his support of the show, and uh, thank you for your service. Yep. Moving right along. we it's, uh, It is officially November. Yes. It's November 2nd as the time of recording in podcast land. It's, it is the second day of November. The best time of the year. Um, we wait all year long for November. It's, yep. it's the time to hunt. This is the time to tell everyone else in your life, to go get fucked, essentially. This <laughs> or, is or, your Eric would say, "Yeah, I want you to go piss up a rope." This yep. is exactly to not be mean. If you can just be like, "Hey, you know, I really appreciate it if you just go get fucked." That'd be the best way to probably put it. Or, "Hey, please go get fucked." Would be a good way. But it really is a time to put other things off. This is mm-hmm. your time. If you're as passionate about deer hunting as you tell everyone you are, it's uh, this is your time. You know, you get two weeks of crazy good deer hunting a year. Two, three weeks. Well, it's arguable. We'll say three weeks of amazing deer hunting a year, and this is that time. Mm-hmm. And you get the, you get the short end because if you're working class, you, chances are you're working you either weekends. seven to three thirty. And now with that uh, fall back, you're going to lose an hour. So you didn't even make you, it a stand anymore. Yeah, it sucks. Vacation time is being put in right now and uh, all over, and it's the time to really get after it. And 
<clears throat> I did a couple of jokes on our Snapchat. By the way, if you're not following us on Snapchat, it's WCB Podcast. And we have a uh, dub, uh, working class bow hunter family group. I'll add you to. So go check us out there. Um, but I did a joke. I'm like, you know, this is the time where everyone that's somebody in media for hunting is going to tell you, you know, you got to grind it out and do this and that. And I made a joke about it, but it really is. It's the time to, uh, to sit in the stand and get after it. And we just released a camel collar blog with Clint Casper. And you kind of touched on this. Mm-hmm. He, uh, the, the title of the blog is don't get yourself caught in a rut in the rut essentially is what he says. And, and basically you'll have to go check it out for yourself. It's a good read. It's, it's a good read and it's a shorter read for rednecks. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> For you beer swilling hillbillies who can't get into a tale of two cities, here read this article. Right. Well, I mean, I don't really like to read. You but. uncultured swine is what he's saying. So basically, is what he touches on is, you know, this is the time we wait for and kind of don't get caught in a rut. And what he means is, you know, if I guess the way I take it is, don't don't sit in one spot if you're not seeing deer. You know, don't be afraid to make moves during the rut. Mm-hmm. So if you're sitting in a spot and you're seeing deer run over there consistently, you know you can make that move. Sometimes it feels like a chess game because you'll move over there and then you look over and deer where you just were. But you know you kind of have to be on your toes. Don't be scared to move stands. I talk a lot about it. Like I'll I'll move my setups. Like I don't know I've hung a lot of stands and I plan on hanging. I'm going to hunt hard in the morning. Um, I'm going to sit as late as possible as I can. I'm going to try and hurry up and hustle. I'm going to hang a new stand. This weekend for my vacation, the following week, and I'm gonna adjust one, and actually I might hang two and then adjust one, but I'm going in with one stand and I'm gonna abandon my uh, River's Edge grip sticks. I'm going in old school screw in steps on this one. Oh boy, I'm going hardcore. <laughs> Getting I'm, dirty, aren't I'm you? grabbing twelve of those units. I'm gonna gap them about three feet apart. I'm trying to get about forty two feet in the air, <laughs> and and I'm gonna get. I found an oak tree where I think some of my bucks are are funneling in, and I'm gonna sh- 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 screw those. Screw those units in there and get in there and uh, and hunt hard. That's for next week when I'm hunting on uh, rutcation, which is going to be right around the seventh of November. I plan on sitting long days to try and put an arrow in something. Oh you know, man, those- I just thought of a great invention. You know those like rocks that like people when people climb like rock climbing walls. Yeah. Dude, here's what we'll do: we'll get a bunch of those gimmicks and we'll spray paint them gray and like tree bark them and then be like, "Hey, dude, check it out, man! It, the, no deer will ever see." You know how many people fall? <laughs> They'll get wet. <laughs> people got big rubber boots on. <laughs> Still, you know what I mean, though? They, they, if if 90% of the hunter's market could wear those lizard shoes and eat cliff bars, yes, it'd be the perfect market. Cool. Then that means more chicks. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly you'd, what that means. You'd have to sell them with a lifeline. Yeah, no, oh, you yeah, absolutely for would. Sure. You'd have to sell them with a lifeline and a lineman's like, uh, unit, like where you can climb the and rope. you're hooked in. Yeah. Yeah, I and we did get some shit um, from a couple of listeners. Yes, before. we did. <laughs> we talked about on the podcast how I just now started using a lifeline, and I only have them in my re- extremely high stands. I mean, a twenty foot fall is going to hurt just as bad as a twenty five or thirty foot fall. But in the stands that I'm like, ooh, this is high and uncomfortable, I have a lifeline in. And we did get a couple people message in. They're like, yeah, I'm pretty disappointed that you guys don't have a lifeline in every stand, and. Uh, we should, honestly. We yeah. should. I don't have any. I've never used one, but I probably should buy some. Brian's shaking his head. No, I don't have any either. <laughs> you know that, but <laughs> none? No, but I hunt mainly ladders, so. Yeah, yeah even still, it though. It does not quite. I mean, 
You can still fall on a ladder stand, I guess. Yeah. I always love getting in like can. old ladder stands where like the tree is grown and like you know, you go and like when you start like climbing up, like that that bottom brace is just smacking the tree, you're like, I'm not getting in here. Well let me say this though, like the difference between a ladder stand and a hang on is a ladder stand normally the ladder's pitched in your favor to where you're you're leaned into the ladder. You're right. not gonna fall backwards on a ladder stand. Or you could fall down, but you have the ladder the whole way. Whereas like if you fell out of a a hang on, you know, you're going to be reaching and grabbing for something and it's just not going to be there. Yeah. Unless you got branches and branches that you've like meandered this thing through, which is my favorite type of stands to hunt in. And one thing I have realized, we can get into this cell phone. I know Steve, you want to talk about my cell cams a little bit. Yeah. Um, I noticed I hung my cell cam next to my one, a hang on portable stand. It's an X stand, uh, the backcountry combo. Not endorsed by them. I just bought it to try it. Um, I like the setup. It was a light setup. Talked about it on uh, previous episodes. But what I did notice that all the deer that come by that mobile cam were staring. Ever since I hung the stand there, the deer were getting up looking up at, I think, at the sticks of the stand. And that's something I think a lot of people don't take into thought about. But I've also, not. I've also had it to where like I shot my doe I don't know, a couple weekends ago. I had like a, a small buck. It wasn't a big mature nanny. I had a small buck walk right underneath my stand, and he didn't even like didn't look even at notice. It. It. He didn't even notice it. I don't know. Do you think they like notice something is weird about that situation? Like this tree has something sticking off it that wasn't there. I don't know. A couple weeks ago, or a week well, ago, or whatever. <clears throat> Not you sure. know, we 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 talked about it. I mean, you know, you got to think they're the whole deer's mind. I mean, they're not clouded up with you know any of this like. For humans, I mean, I think we've lost that ability I, I, where we're always clouded up. You know, if we're driving somewhere, we've got music playing. You know, we're not taking in everything. Like, like think about this difference. How much more do you know? How much more stuff do you notice if you drive by a road based on, like, if you, like, walk there? Like, uh, if, you, if you work on houses or whatever, you know, you could drive by the house a thousand times. But when you're actually there, you notice so much more. Oh, yeah. Because you know you're spending time there, so it probably wouldn't. I'm. They probably really do notice. That's why you hate ladder stands. They have to because when they're walking through, well, I hate ladder know, stand because they're all 15 foot. Well, yeah, but you know you got to figure these deer. This is where they live, and if you came into your house and all of a sudden there's something sticking off a door, you're going to notice it right. You're going to notice it like yeah. like it's just different. It takes time for them to get accustomed to it. I think. Like, yeah, and you you'd get a little like if you came home and there was a hole punched in your wall, you would look at that and notice it right away. <laughs> well, that's a fact. One, I mean, a couple of things I've been thinking about with those grip sticks. I, I personally I love those grip sticks. You have a step on both sides per rung per yeah. step yep. rung, and uh, they're solid. They're not the lightest things in the world, but they're solid. They have grip tape on them. They're easy to hang. Super easy to hang. It's just a pull strap. Um, but one thing I'm kind of thinking is they're black usually. Um, and I saw someone in our Snapchat group, which I love that Snapchat. I'm starting to love yeah. that Snapchat group more. I think I know where you're going with this, and it was a great idea. Yep, because people collectively just put shit into the Snapchat group, and other people can learn from it. It's almost, it is like a community. Like yep. Brian's in it. You th- it's pretty good. Yeah, it's fun. It's uh, But I saw someone on there. I can't recall who it was. I can't remember. They either. were spraying that great stuff foam inside of it for to, oh, yeah. to quiet it down. Mm. And I thought that was amazing. And plus, keeps water out of it. That's a great idea. I can't believe I haven't thought of that because I've used yeah. that stuff a lot. Yeah, that's yeah. That blew my mind. But what I'm kind of thinking now, I wonder if it would make a difference if I took 
like a rust oleum flat brown paint oh, and painted yeah. all those sticks like take them down and paint them all so like what, a co- flat what brown. color are they now like a black blackish black. gray like a charcoal maybe i wouldn't even paint them all i just give them texture i just like kind of lines on them and yeah streaks and that's just, just kind of yeah. break it up a little bit yeah, so put, put some color. flames on them you know really customize them <laughs> but you know i i saw that silk and i'm like shit like they're all looking at the sticks and what i what i notice is that cell cam went completely dead over like a two-week period dead do you think it spooked them or dead like yeah i don't know it's not an area that i'm not in there during the week i'm not in there a lot i'm only in there when the wind's correct um i only walk on one edge of that field see i've had it though too where it could just be deer just decided not to come on that corner of the field it could be But what i did notice is there is a scrape there that's it was a little out and up to the right a little bit of the camera, and it was fresh when I went in last time I hunted it. And when I came in like two weeks later, it was refreshed and bigger, and I never got a picture of anything within that time period. So either, the deer could have just been the trail outside of range, mm-hmm. and I think that's a good note to take. It's, it's a good thing to take note of is the trail camera doesn't tell the whole story. It no. shows what's in range of that camera on that side of the tree, and that's it. That's it, yeah. I walked in after uh, work the other day, and, and there was something something jumped and went, it should I should have caught it on camera, and I had my phone and my little Moultrie plug-in deal, so I took it up the stand with me, mm-hmm. and yeah, I didn't see anything at that time that I walked in. So yeah, they don't catch everything, but right. Well, yeah, that's so, the thing. Like I hung. They only tell half the story. Is what they, they do. Say. They do. I hung a stand last weekend that's in, in my opinion, a really good pinch, and it basically I feel like in the rut when bucks are running, they're going to check this little strip of timber from field to field to field, and it's a small strip that's along a creek line. And I have a lot of does every day. Um, I had one decent buck yesterday and one little buck today. And I'm like, man, it's kind of discouraging. Like I hung that stand there just to try it. I don't know. I really feel that good about it. But the thing is, like, even if it's in a thin strip of timber, that camera is not showing everything. It's showing what's on that individual trail I have mm-hmm. it pointed on. There's a trail to the left of it, six foot, and there's a trail to the right of it, six foot, and then beyond, that's outside of the field that I can get a long shot at. Well, here, let me let me share with you. I, I think I shared about what happened with my camera on uh, on on this podcast, but um, you know where I where I hunt, the horses walk through there, and the deer used to them. But there's this little pony who's a little hellion. By a little pony? Yeah. Her name her name's Fancy. And I remember seeing pictures and I set this camera up on the scrape and I was like, man, this is perfect. Everything's gonna be good. And I started seeing pictures and that pony got curious about that. Called and then, a small horse. A small horse. Thank you. Little Sebastian. That's not that it's not a miniature. But um she ended up knocking it over and like it moved it so the camera you know it's a really small movement it shifted over however when i saw the pictures i was still seeing uh because it um i, I have it like there it's it's pointed towards the corner of this field edge so when it moved i ended up seeing a lot more of the field and that's how i ended up getting a picture of when i shot the doe um her running off i also started seeing a lot of a lot of pictures of little bucks sparring. I would not have seen that if that horse did not move that camera. You know what I mean? And it, it again, it probably only moved three inches over this way. Right. So I started picking that up and I, you know, I, I repositioned it and, you know, started getting some pictures again. I wouldn't have seen a couple of deer that were there 
and it's just a really small area. I, it's just it's it's one of those things. That, again, you know, we're right. we're only talking about half the half the story. And well, you know what this brings me yeah. to is uh, well, I'm gonna take a note quick. So waste some dead space yeah. for a minute. So I mean, if I, I'm I'm sure I'm not telling anybody anything new, but it, it is one of those little small things that. I know there's a couple other cameras that come out where they are getting. Um, I don't know if it's covert. Someone does it where it has essentially three lenses. It's like so, a field view. Type yeah, camera. so it's a field view. So those are going to be something that are really, really. That's um, Moultrie. That, well, is it Moultrie, Moultrie that does yeah, it? Moultrie. Okay. Well, there's three sixty um, view or whatever. Yeah, that thing. Well, that brings me to like what you said is you know move three inches over. And the kind of something I wanted to mention too, especially this time of year in November is at this time like. Trying new things, even though you think they're not going to be good, might pay off big time. Mm-hmm. And I will say I've killed my biggest bucks in stands that I hung that day or the day before, and they were my first sit. Like um, last year, my buck. Yeah, you I were killed. like it's uh, South Winds. It was South, it was wind, South yeah. Winds. It would have been next week, um, like the first into the second week in November, the sixth. Ingholm's birthday is in the studio here. Um, yes, he is. Um, November 6th, I shot my buck, <laughs> and it was South Winds last year in November in Illinois, if you guys remember, and I didn't have a stand set for now for South Winds, so I didn't expect them. They happen often, but I was like, oh, it'll be colder North Winds usually, Northwest. And so me and my dad put a stand up, and I shot a buck my first sit there. Um, Did you hang it that day and then I hung it? The, or was it the midday the day before? Okay, that's, that's And then I shot I my buck at 11 o'clock the next day. Eleven. So that stand wasn't there for 24 hours, which, you know, it doesn't, unfortunately, doesn't, you know, uh, discourage your theory of the deer see the, the um, sticks where it's, you just happen to catch him I will say, guard. though, I did shoot my buck at six yards, and he was on the stick side of the tree. Oh, was he? Yes, he was. Well, I mean, that was probably the first time he'd seen it. Potentially. Yeah, I mean, I grunted him in. He wasn't looking for sticks. He was looking for a, a deer. <laughs> he was looking to sticks. Right, yeah. 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 <laughs> but, you know, it just basically goes to show. It's like, don't be afraid to just throw a camera up there to throw it. Like, that's the curiosity, in my opinion, makes the best hunters. Oh, yeah. I move my cameras around all the time during yep. the spring and And then there's a line, summer. though, is like, you can get more into detail on this. Is like, too much curiosity can hurt, can hurt a hunter, too, at the same time. Be curious, but be curious with caution because... You can almost be too curious where you're like you're just walking around nonchalant and yeah. that's gonna that's gonna hurt you. But also, if you know how to do it right, like be curious enough to where what's this spot? I have this hang on stand here. I'm not afraid to throw this stand up and see what happens. And I, I feel like that those hunters that do that are the ones that kill the biggest bucks typically because mm. it's the guys that are stuck in their stationary situation. I got this fucking ladder stand here that weighs 250 fucking pounds. I'm never going to move it. I'm going to sit this here and I'm going to go there every year. It was a good stand the first year I hung it, but four years later, they're like, I don't it's know. Terrible. I used to see deer. deer here all the time, but I don't get it now. It's like, well, yeah, right. it's because the deer know it's there. You overhunted that spot. You got to, you know. You didn't put in good enough food plot, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. it's. But for guys, even that's a good point. Um, even though you're kidding, like guys don't have the option to put in food plots sometimes. So to be mobile as hell is is going to benefit them. And to throw a stand up at this pinch point, and then like, okay, well, I'm going to go pick up a budget stand from Menards or wherever. Menards seems like it's it's winning the gold I medal lately. Love Menards, Dude, man. they they were out of those big dogs. I ended up getting a. Uh, sniper. Uh, I can't remember what the hell the name. I was of it thinking was. about this in the stand last night, and I'm glad you kind of you brought up brands for cheap stands. <laughs> Dude, are big the dog. big dogs the ones where you gotta like put the class on the back? It, it takes all the assembly. 
The ones we put together in my yeah. garage for you. Uh, God, I got it from yeah, Menards. That was a big stand. Yeah, I brought <laughs> that big over. Big game or big dog? It's big it's dog. Big dog. Big dog. What I call it? Yeah, it's called a big stand. Yeah, it's big dog. Big dog. They're out of Morton, just south of Peoria. They're pretty junky. Dude, they get they, the they get the job work. done though. They work. I've killed deer out of them. Oh yeah, but I will say like my favorite budget stands, like cheap cheap stands. I'm sure there's multiple brands that are the same stand, just rebranded. Are the Rivers Edge mm-hmm. small ones, and then uh, the one I was hunting out of last, and I'm like, this is a quality cheap stand. Like I was sitting <laughs> in it, and, and I fold the pad down, and it was one of those guide series ones. Oh yeah, you buy from uh, Sportsman's Guide. Oh, they're shit. like twenty five uh. bucks. It was not the Ameristep, is it? No. The Ameristep ones. Um, <laughs> Dude, we went up to HHA. Those are bad, man. I like them. We went, we went up to the headquarters. We I'm stopped like at iffy Walmart. with them. I'm iffy with them. Really? Yeah. I love Kurt mine. saw a deal in December. They got the one shitty strap on the top. And then, like, I, normally when I, I use my stand, uh, this is bad. People are going to rip on me for this. When I hang my stand, the top stick is the top stick but the stand is also a stick oh yeah so when i oh, get yeah. up there i grab the stand and then i grab the tree with my right arm and i step on top and then jump in so i hung that Ameristep step <laughs> up and i grabbed the the bait like the uh i'll guess the neck from the base of the stand to the seat like the yeah. main beam yep i yeah. went to pull that baby and it moved over to me i pulled the stand <laughs> over into me and i was like oh shit Did- those just have one straps on them, right? Yes, it's one strap. See, I throw a ratchet strap on the bottom. Oh, yeah. If there's ever one strap, I always throw a ratchet strap on the bottom. Dude, the big dog, two straps. <laughs> <laughs> so are the guide series ones. Uh, what the hell is the name of that so uh, stand? Like, I got... Your stands have four straps on them? Yeah, they have to. You know what, dude? I, the cab- yeah, this the is, cables on the platform break before the stand. This is bad because I weigh over 250. Now I'm taking gear up with me, and I buy the stands rated for 250. That's probably not a good idea, but... Well, the rating is always lower than what it's actually rated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I so, don't... So you're good. You're good. I mean, dude, I, I don't want to, um, you know, I don't want to want to get up there and, you know, I just... Take a plummet. Okay, let me give you this. I'm on uh, sportsmansguide.com. I typed in the little search icon, hang on. Oh, I'd like that comfort hang on. I love those those seats right there instead of the, the pad. The roundabout on the right side? No, no, no. Go, like down, go down from where you are. No, down right there. Here? Yeah, what that uh, like that mesh seat? Yeah, like Millennium is kind of like the company that came out with that. Yeah, dude, because you get those you get those stands and like it's they give you a Kotex. Pad are you to a sit member? On, man. Are you it's a not... member to this, Kurt? <laughs> What's that? Are you a member to this? Uh, my dad is. This is what the these are the stands that I have. The one that I was like, this is a quality cheap stand. It's the uh, Guide Gear Hunting Hang On Tree Stand Buyers Club twenty nine ninety nine non member thirty two ninety nine sweet unit right there. That is a hell of a deal. This stand, if you guys go to Sportsman's Guide and type this in, lightweight, portable, price to own. Um, it's the... Give him the item number. I'm not going to give him... Okay, oh, <laughs> hey, it's the WX2-158967. So this stand, I've killed more deer out of this style of stand than any other. Yeah, hey, one nice of, piece of ace if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 we didn't. <laughs> well, you can only imagine if you did. That's now, all you need for Kurt, a tree stand. Bring this up uh, because somebody sent in something. Uh, I, I I I can't remember if you responded or not, but this guy asked. He goes, uh, he sent it to our Instagram. So see if you can pull that up. Okay. What? Um, did you ever send a, a reply back to this guy? He he messaged in. He goes, hey, love the podcast. <laughs> of course, you know because we're awesome. Yeah, it's got four point five stars but, out of five. That ain't bad. But he said he was a big guy too, and he's like, "What stands does Steve hunt out of?" Because he knows I'm a bigger dude too. Um, 
I would guess the podcast has a few bigger listeners. Just it out there. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Working class, brother. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point. Guy's been a tenor for four years. He can really let himself go. But uh, uh, yeah, when Kurt's like, hey, man, can you respond to this guy? And I I told him, you know, I, I don't know how much this dude weighs, but I'm hanging in there at about 269, somewhere around there, and I'm still hunting those stands. They're scarier than hell, man, because they're super tiny. But, you know, if you can get over the uncomfortable factor, it's not awful. And, you know, the... How the much mo- safer do you feel with your harness on? I Oh, yeah. I throw Changes that thing on. Changes things big time for oh, me. Huge I, huge. I keep that thing on. And I'm always... the the When I'm getting in and out, because I'm a big dude, I'm always three points touching the tree at all, all times. It does get a little scary because, you know, when I... Uh, when I try to get in, I'm heavy footed. So I always catch that strap and in pitch black, it's always kind of scary, but, um, you know, feeling a little bit more comfortable because I did, I ended up putting a third strap on this thing. It was Richard, uh, Rapley, Richard Rapley. Yeah. Buddy, take notes. Um, should I read his question? Yeah, we'll go ahead and read it. Um, I'll give you his Instagram handle. So, uh, yeah, it's at just Richard Rapley, R-A-P-P-L-E-Y on Instagram. Question for Steve. What stands do you use? I'm a big boy and don't really like using climbing sticks or pegs or a climber. Hang on stands, sketch me out. I've usually used ladder stands. I've gotten by on them. But I'm the guy who buys the cheap 15-foot ones at Walmart that are cheap and plain Jane. There's barely any, um, any room to stand up and pivot. I know I should uh, <laughs> just pony up and buy better ones. But what do you use, Steve? Are you a hang on kind of guy with sticks or a ladder or, or or sticks or a ladder guy like me? I kind of forced you to sort of be a hang on guy though at the same time. Yeah, and it, because I've got uh, on another property, uh, I've got they're all ladder stands, and man, they make you so comfortable, but they make you lazy. And I, will, I will give you that that ladder stands are comfy as hell. Oh my they're god, nice. dude! And you know what? But no, you can I, get some big boy hang ons too, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's really not the stand; it's the strap at that point. Yeah, the problem is because oh, one I, of those like fat ass four inch toe straps <laughs> on a ratchet. You ain't yeah. going nowhere. What I've, <laughs> you get a chain. But you what, said one of those double man uh, ladder stands. It's like, oh, a, it's like a love yourself. seat, man. Yeah, but I also don't feel confident. And so if I'm comfortable, I'm not confident. Oh, exactly. I mean, I'll tell you what, though. But if you're more relaxed, think about this. Is that weird to say that? No. Are you comfortable? Well, if if I'm comfortable, I'm not confident. Like if I'm super comfortable in the stand, I'm like I'm not going to kill. Oh anything. well, you must not be modeling in a Lane Bryant catalog. Okay, that's mean. I don't mean. Get, I don't get that reference. Uh, Lane Bryant. Uh, that's a mean <laughs> reference. I'm sorry, I brought that up. But uh, I'm you not get offended. that. Do you get it, Brian? I mean, I just, no, I don't know what he's talking about. But. It, nothing. Okay. No uh, one ever does. It's okay. <laughs> it's um, I, I wouldn't you think though if you're more comfortable, you wouldn't move around as much because there are times when I'm in that, that stand. Is, that's that, a good point. There are yeah. times when I'm in yeah. that stand and I have to like stand you know, up and kind of stretch a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, and I like because I I like to grab and I don't like to put a lot of pressure on, but because I, I'm so used to driving, so like I, I'll try and like just really slowly, I'll reach up and grab my um. How often do you uh, guys stand? My bow up? hanger. I mean, well, like, what's your stand etiquette? I, I like that. I'm off and on. I uh, fifteen my, twenty minutes. You're kind of. I, I will around. say this for Papa Dave. He's not here. And hopefully next week we're gonna we're gonna have hunting camp. We're gonna podcast with Papa Dave. Oh yeah. Papa Dave stands the entire fucking time. I don't know how. That's insane. <laughs> my that dad, is insane. Dude, I gotta give props to my dad right now. I want to say a couple things before we get into stand etiquette. That's a great topic. I love that. Thank you, Brian. Um, 
My dad is, I don't know, 57. I think he's in that range. And I was kind of thinking about it. And there's a lot of guys that are probably hardcore in their mid-50s and even in their 60s. But I don't know any other guys that are my dad's age that hustle like my dad does to kill deer. Like, my dad throws up hang. Like, I'm hardcore and I, like, you know, I'm 27. I almost forgot how old I was. I'm all into the small hang-ons and throwing them up. My dad throws them up higher than I do. He's got more balls than I do. He doesn't care. Like, there's been times, honestly, where I'm hanging a stand. I'm like, woo, this is up there. Like, this is sketchy. Like, I don't feel comfortable throwing this stand into place. My dad's like, get down. I'll do it. And my dad's up there, and he'll throw it into place and strap that baby in. And it's just like, I don't know any other guys that pack hang or uh, hang on stands in like my dad does and throw them on a tree that, that are 57 and climbs up and down and throws a stand up here and takes a hang on down and throws it over here and tries it and like gets after it or like you know my dad's at the range four or five times a week with a full-time demanding job he he he's the boss at his job he runs the place so you know he's busy like I just got to give him props there that he's always grinding really hard to try and get get it done. He's a boss in real life. I yeah, I, I absolutely love your dad, man. He's a I love uh, I I love his ethic. I love getting drunk with the guy. The guy will hang with the oh, yeah. younger guys. He's for sure. He's 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 awesome, man. And I uh, it, I get I I think if Papa Dave shoots big bucks, I get super excited. I love you guys, but when Papa Dave kills a big buck, it's like, dude, that's. That's ultimate That's because some serious I, shit right there. Because you know, yeah. and he puts the time. Well, the guy buck, man. I see, I put posts about the guy buck. Oh god, yeah. Class bow hunter, and that's a legendary buck. And our when I grew up, the hunting camp I was in, the guy buck is like the buck. Like it's mm-hmm. the biggest buck kill in that property. It's an it's a hundred and eighty three and an eighth net typical eight with some kickers. Yeah, it's a gross one ninety one mainframe eight pointer. It's a slob. It's a monster. Mm-hmm. You uh, as a ten pointer, this deer would be <laughs> well into the two hundreds. <laughs> you um, have to see this deer in real life because I, I remember I, I'd seen pictures for the longest time and pictures do not do it justice. Yeah, at that at time, all. your dad was living in Wisconsin. Well, when he moved uh, to Illinois, where he's at now, we went up there, and you're like. Kurt goes, you're going to shit your pants. Oh, yeah. I and got to, we got to hang the buck. Me and Kurt went up there. Yeah, we did hang it up. Yeah. Well, he's got – when you're when you're walking up, because he's got a cool little setup where it's – it's uh, you go through the garage and, and you walk up. So, like, I'm starting to see these bucks. And he, Kurt's like, you're going to shit your pants. Do you know how long there. it took us to actually figure out where bucks were going? Oh, it was I mean, a few hours. Me and Eric Oh, it was every, all day. We hung every buck. And that it took it was a full day shift of hanging deer heads. How many deer heads are in there? Do you know? He's got uh, 12, I think, in the 12, living room. 12, but, and that was a good 10-hour day we but, put into but, hanging but every But we were, one. like, strategic about it. Like, we planned, like, yeah, we're going to hang this one here because it's looking this way. Right. Like, we did it really well. And they have that little cubby in there. But, yeah, when I was walking up the stairs, I'm looking. There's one, like, right above the landing. I'm like, oh, man, that's a monster. And then you're like, just wait. And you see that big bastard in real life? It's nuts. I couldn't have. I, you, we, you know, every every hunter tries to put yourself in that situation. What would you do if that big buck came in? And the story that he has is even. I'll have even my dad better. retell the story because it's it's worth hearing. We've talked about it on the podcast before, but it's worth hearing again. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. it's a uh, it's just one of those moments you dream about. Moving on. Yes. Stand etiquette. My dad stands the whole time. I can't do that. I lock my knees and shit, and I start feeling sick. I can't do it at all. <laughs> like, I'll fall out. <laughs> but I uh, I do a mix of both. I'll stand and get comfy, and I'll kind of, like, stand and, like, put my – like, hike my feet out and, like, lean against the tree. Yep. And then I'll also lean with, like, my shoulder against the tree, like, facing it. 
Like the Cali lean? Like basically being backwards in the, the stand. What? The Cali lean. And then that's oh how God. I'll like that's how I look through my binos. I'll I'll put I'll face the tree, lean my shoulder against it, and I'll use that as stability. That way I'm not getting tired by holding myself up. Like mm-hmm. I feel sometimes some of those stands get so small, I feel like that I'm balancing myself. All the time. <laughs> you know? That's how yeah. this stand feels. For me, that's so, that's how I feel, too. But when I rattle, I'm standing. When I grunt, I'm standing. It's because it's easier and takes less movement to put it away and grab a bow. And I always use a long yeah. hanger. What do you do, Brian? I, try, I mean, I'm, I'm up and down, I think, throughout the four or five hours. You know, you're up and down. You're, um, I like to look all the way around 360. You're always checking everything. Um, after... I mean, if you don't see anything, you sit down. I got this weird thing where I feel like if my feet aren't sitting on the metal, they won't be as cold. So I kind of hang them with my heels on it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's a legit thing. I feel I like. do that oh, yeah. all the time, too. Sure. <laughs> Side note I was at Farm King last weekend. They had tree stand pads that you zip tied to the base of your stand to keep them warm, and it was like foam fuzz. Say that again? It was a pad that you put down on the platform of your tree stand. And you zip tie it down to the platform, and it keeps your feet off the metal. Dude, I just thought of a brilliant idea. <laughs> all right, what if is the it? Squirrels don't need to solve it. <laughs> yeah, the squirrel shredded apart. Then you just got shit all over. God. <laughs> all right, Ooh. I want to hear this. Or is it worth not telling on no, the podcast? I can't. I can't say it on the podcast. Okay, right I'm gonna make millions. Here's okay. a. You know, I, I like it. I do. I I like to sit more um, because I'm a clumsy human being. So if me trying to get up and stand, I'm going to make a shitload of noise. So I'm always hoping that, you know, if I can get a shot at him sitting down, that's what I'm going to do. I will stand every once in a while because, as I mentioned, dude, I, when you get those stands with those little Kotex pads, they don't do a whole lot. And my legs fall asleep, like, really easily. And I tried to even use, like, a replacement pad. Nothing. You so, get one of those heater seater things, the big foam ball. I know. But then again, if I do, if I do decide, hey, I need to stand, if I get an opportunity to see where I possibly could – yeah, it's like you were saying, when we were at uh, Field and Stream, we saw those, like, five-inch pads. They seem comfy, but, yeah, when you go to try and put them on a tree, you're not going to be able to put that seat all the way up. So, and that's... Word, yeah. That's well, something that's, 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 that's a safety issue, too. Like, if you're going to put it there, you need to have that seat But you need to have all your platform all the way back. on a small sure. stand. Mm. You have all the platform you can get. The one ladder stand I do like is the muddy... Shit, I don't remember the exact model. Sam has one. It's a muddy 20-foot ladder stand. Oh, I remember this one. It's got railings, but they're low, and the seat folds up, and you're, like, in the cage of the railings. Really nice. Um, Yeah, that's what I would say. I'd probably, when I first get in, I sit for, I would say, all day, sit for an hour, stand for five or ten. You know what the biggest problem is? I'm sorry about burping in the uh, microphone. You're doing a great job. Thanks for bringing it up, though. (laughs) Well, anyway. The the worst thing about like some of those ladder stands that you get is when they have that stupid ass bumper car thing that comes down, and it's <laughs> yeah, just like you're, on, I, yeah. like you're on a roller coaster. Damn, dude! You know it's such a ah, God, really hate restricts it. the uh, how yeah, far you can shoot if you're sitting. And where I'm at too, you know, I can't take that off uh, because the the guys that hunt that they're gun hunters only, and I it just sucks because then you try to put it back. And if you try to lean back and get comfortable, dude, that thing's going to be right on your neck, man. It sucks. Okay, here's a question for y'all. Lay it on us. Would you rather shoot standing, sitting, or either? Standing for me. Standing. I practice more standing, I guess, so I'm more comfortable with that. Yeah. I like – for me, I like 
sitting just because of how small the stands are. It's like Kurt said, you're always trying to balance. And I don't want to try to feel like I'm trying to balance it. If I'm trying to focus on deer, I don't want to have to think that I'm focusing on where my feet are. But have you ever seen me shoot a bow? Like you ever like yeah, I, you, I've only observed this from photos of me. I don't realize I do it until your I feet see, are really close together. I shoot They're my like feet touching. together, and that's probably super incorrect as far as like if John Dudley were to break me down. <laughs> but I'm a bow hunter first. I'm not a target archer first. I don't. I don't. Accuracy is key, but I shoot with my feet pretty much together, and that's because I. I don't know. I never. I never like consciously thought that out. And it sounds stupid because it's like, well, you don't ever practice from the stand day in and day out. I don't. It's just, I don't know what it is. I I feel I shoot that way because of the stands I hunt. Yeah, you of. practice to shoot deer. I mean, it's it'd probably be no no different. You know, if you were always hunting out of redneck blinds, you know, you'd have to get drunk every time you shot. But I, I never, I, I've never thought <laughs> about joke, it though. Like, I shot my bucket six <laughs> yards yesterday or last year, yesterday, yesterday. But it's like I didn't. Oh, have speaking to, of next podcast, I didn't have to. I wish I didn't have to think about like. Watch where your feet are. Don't step off this bitch. You know, like you're gonna fall off if you if you step get excited and step off. Like I never have ever like felt that way. I feel in the moment. I just always know where I'm at. Or it's kind of a thing where you know you're not making big steps anyway. You're kind of inching when you go to turn. Like you go to turn to your left, you're inching on mm-hmm. that platform, right. or and, your feet don't even move. Yeah, you know. Yeah, or you're getting you're twisting at your body. You're twisting at the hip. Right. But from your waist up, you're keeping that same form while you turn and while you lean. That's that's why I like a cheek anchor point. I put a brass knot for my anchor point mm-hmm. on my cheek, and when I lean down, I always feel and I shoot that uh, the Scott Hex release. Yeah. And so I like anchor, tip the nose on the string, look through my peep, get my peep to my sight lined up, squeeze in my click, have my pin where I want, and just I hold, I bury that pin there and, cl- and pull through on the click. And that's my shot process. I don't have to think about where my feet are on the stand. Right. If you're sitting down, I feel like you're, you're just too limited. If you can get up to take the shot, I yeah. think you're better off. I mean, See, if you're I, sitting, you can only shoot, I don't know, like a, well, say, you, like a third of what your Well, your, your bow hole. is. You shoot a 34 axle axle, right? Yeah. And I'm shooting a 30, almost a 34 two. And yeah. I, don't, I can't remember what you're going to I think we're at like 32 and a quarter. In between 32 and 30, 33. That's a little shorter. I mean, an inch, but that's a bigger bow to be drawn between your legs. And if the deer moves five yards up and you got to move over your left knee. Oh yeah. Then you're sitting, yeah. that's going to cause some problems. It's, and if you're shooting back tension, you might accidentally, you know, it's my, in my opinion, it's better to stand. If your setup is correct and you're if you prepared, can, yeah. if, if you can sit down, I feel like you're more stable. Maybe not. Maybe if you practice that way, you are. I mean, See, I've shot more deer sitting down than I have standing up. I'd, no rather, shit. I'd rather shoot them standing up, of I course, but, yeah, I've shot more deer sitting down. Yeah, I, I, I would hmm. hate it too. But the way that you know, the I've never shot a deer sitting down. I don't think really. Every deer I've ever shot, I've been standing. Well, the way I'm <clears throat> I'm set up, you know, the timber's still pretty thick. It's going to change here, so I think I'll probably end up standing a lot more because now the leaves are going to be falling off because we had that first frost uh, come through about a week ago. Which, by the way, last Sunday after we had that first frost. It looked like there was snow on the ground. I'm sitting in there, dude. It was. It looked like it was snowing leaves. Did it sounded any, did, like it was raining outside? Yeah. Yeah. Did anyone else get that? It was Definitely. just the leaves are falling constantly, and I it it, it kind of you know it's it made me immune to noise because I heard all the noise from all the leaves falling, and I actually called in a like a hundred and thirty inch ten pointer, <laughs> and I looked around. And I'm like, 
I looked around and like my my brain was going, please be bigger. Like you're bigger than what I think you are. Like okay, if he comes in, I'm gonna shoot him. And then like I saw, it was the first like rack buck I've had within in in range, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I looked at him. I'm like, damn it, he's two. <laughs> I'm like, he's a two year old, 130 inch at five. He's gonna be 175 and just all the goods, yeah. you know. <laughs> Eric, let's talk about some stuff. Yeah, let's Eric, welcome back. You just got back, back from a hunt with old uh, Philip Vanderpool. Yeah, OPV. Yep, yep. How was that? It was a good time, man. I mean, we got to give a shout-out to B&B Outfitting. They took us in, and first of all, I got to say, the food was immaculate. I've never ate so good in my life. They cooked for you every night? Yeah, every you came morning, back every night. Oh, did I gain a little weight? I think What'd you did. What they cook you for lunch? Ooh, I mean... Fend for yourself? <laughs> no. Hot pockets? Like, it was like spaghetti... <laughs> Uh, garlic bread, and then we always had a dessert for both meals. So I mean, you we were eating really good. Man, that's nuts. So where where was it? This was in Missouri, Canesville, Missouri, Missouri. in Mercer County. Yeah, that's funny. Mercer <laughs> County. Not far. You and Douglas were there, huh? Yeah, me and Doug Schmidt. Where is Douglas. that goon? He's playing deck hockey. <laughs> yeah, what a loser! It's their championship or championship or whatever. Who cares? Some shit. He was yeah. supposed to come to the podcast. He was like gambling their championship game, whether to come here <laughs> right, or go right, to the game. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. So, all right. The, so, walk me through because um, you went down there. You know, this is November second. You guys left uh, about a week and a half ago, right? Yep. So we get down the night we went. We left last Friday, mm-hmm. and we went down right after work. Left and getting down there, it's only about I would say half hour into Missouri from the Iowa border. Really? Yeah. Not very far. How many fireworks and cigarette stands did you see? None. Really? Like, we were in the middle of <laughs> Oh, nowhere. okay. So if you would have went down through Centerville, Iowa, you would have seen a ton of them. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Like, dude, if you come Never in through Keokuk. Yeah, it's, there's like two-story cigarette and fireworks stands because Missouri knows how to make money off good, wholesome American fun. Smoke cigarettes and light fireworks, kids, for Snapchat. Use your you cigarette. guys are watching it. Use your cigarettes to light your firework, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, so Canesville, Missouri. Yep, so the first night we get in there, we're driving there, and there are deer everywhere. I mean, we've probably seen 30 deer in that 20-minute drive. Nice. So we're like, all right, we're all pumped up, ready to go. And we first get there, and old PV sticks his head out the door and goes, square man with the round deals? Or round man <laughs> with square oh. deals, whatever. However, square you say. man with round deals. Yeah, and then what? And we're like, no, no, Steve's not here. And he's no. like, oh, I can't keep the boys all straight. <laughs> the fat one. Phil. Yeah, where's the, where's the fat one? <laughs> so so we go into camp and you know meet everyone. There was I think eight people there when we first came to camp. Who was there? The uh, was it was it the cat uh, from Florida? What was his name? There was well, all right. Philip Vanderpool was there, and mm-hmm. then Colton Good was there, which is he's from Missouri, which was filming Philip. Okay, and then Justin Paramore, which is from he's part of the Virtue yeah. Pro staff. He's from Florida. Okay, that's the guy. Yeah, and then uh, Ben Cawthon was from Florida, and Steve Brown. Okay, and those were buddies of Justin's that just came with for the trip to hunt, you know, the Midwest because they've never hunted that before. So shout out to those guys. They're a riot. You guys love them. The good old good old Florida boys. Oh yeah. Instead of well, we introduced them to Bush Latte. They never heard that before. <laughs> but down there, they call them bluegills. 
bluegills. I've and re- like, hey, your live well's empty. You're out of bluegills. That is oh, hilarious. Yeah. See, Chase from Rubline Marketing called them uh, mother's milk. No, blue something. <laughs> I never heard that. I'm like, wait, you mean bush lattes? He's like, same difference. Do you call them bluegills? No, blue. Uh, he might just call them blue waters or something. I, I can't remember what he called them. It's something funny. I never heard of it. Well, and then we had the orange can, so they started calling them yellow bellies down there. I don't know. What <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So you get in, you get into camp, and you and Douglas, and Doug was rocking a sweet stash. Oh, yeah. I made him cut the mustache for the whole trip. Oh, man. That thing was awesome. Doug's mustache. We're going to put that in the show notes. <laughs> Doug's mustache. <laughs> so the next day, we get up and hunt, and the first couple days was booming, man. We seen a ton of deer, just nothing... Of the caliber to shoot, you know, probably 125 inch was the biggest one we've seen. And then we had a major cold front coming in. But with that major cold front, we had 30 mile an hour winds with 40 mile an hour mm. gusts, you know, so mm-hmm. it, was, it was brutal. And we hunted and the deer just went totally nocturnal. I mean, yeah. we had good trail cam pictures. We had everything else, but they were just not moving during the day with that wind. And, uh. You know, one one day it rained all day, so that kind of put a kibosh to everything. So we cracked the bush lights about noon and <laughs> had a good time. Dude, I was really hoping you and Doug would kill some bucks down there, and it, and it didn't happen. And I'm sad, man. I am sad. I know. It, it was, I mean, the last stand we hunted, we hunted both the last two days, and it was down an old logging road. And I bet you this logging road was probably maybe 300 yards long and there was six scrapes down the whole thing so we guaranteed we thought for sure there'd be a buck cruising by there but i was following along the whole time on the podcast i was waiting i know the big i didn't know what was going on there i was listening and texting you and not listening i was like just trying to like man let something happen down there because you know you're at an outfitter and and, and looking in i'm like he's got to kill and that's the thing like and that, and it doesn't a, always happen that way. Right. It's not that, just because I mean, you go to an outfitter, and I think a lot of the haters online, and you take note, right. like just because you go to an outfitter, like these guys on these shows, they see all these bucks. Is you got to remember these guys are paying the money, and if they're not paying, it's their company or someone is. They have worked their way to have those outfitters paid mm-hmm. for sure, and they're hunting those outfitters one after another for the most part if they're a bigger show. And it's just like something's got to happen if you hunt it all the time. So eventually, well, you get and a that's break. what I'm saying. Even like, a blind you, squirrel you finds to, a big buck. You can go to an outfitter that's the best outfitter in the country, but you can't control when it's pouring down rain one day, or right. you know, you got 40 mile an hour wind. You know, you can't control that at all, or the deer go nocturnal. You can't control that. Well, that's the thing too. It's also a wild animal, and it can literally go wherever it wants. Exactly. The, and uh, people, I think people forget to realize that about deer is. They're wild animals. They can walk wherever they want to. They don't have to come near your stand. Oh, well, that's the thing. Like, if you're in a stand and a deer always come from this one spot, and all of a sudden the next day they come from another spot, they're going to do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. Like, you can't control that. It's almost like it's a chess game. It is. But I don't know how to play chess. But Yeah, but but you were the cameraman for the, uh, you for know, Douglas, I was. For the most I was. Part. For Douglas. So, do, for Douglas. Um, how, how was that experience? I mean, what was it like? Have you ever. Been in the same tree as Doug? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I yeah, like he had like a sexual experience with him. <laughs> <laughs> Not, like, uh, well, hey, I I have to ask because that mustache was killing it. And I will say, like long sits, they're so much better when there's someone else there with you. Like, oh, kind of yeah. like 
converse with and talk yeah. to, and you're not just sitting there with your thumb up your ass, I guess. Uh, yeah, instead somebody else's thumb is in your ass. <laughs> Jesus. Doug, put the hand warmer on, baby. Daddy needs us fire up. You got to prime the engine here. <laughs> okay, all right. You, Get that cookie duster ready. You're gonna, all right. You put yourself in your own, uh, in that situation. Yeah, you put your own yeah, thumb yeah, in your own ass. Right. <laughs> Okay, I so, got Brian right. on that one. I got Brian. I've done. I, I've done what I uh, wanted to do here. All right, right. So, uh, let's. Uh, but getting back, um, you know what? What? What was camp with uh, Philip Vanderpool like? I mean, it's awesome. It's it's just cool to listen to that guy and just hear all the knowledge he spits out. You know, he's every time. I mean, because we're talking about deer hunting the whole time, so oh, yeah. it's it's just mainly something that he's learned or something that you know he's done over the years and all the bucks he's killed and he tells a story about the big double drop and just hearing him tell that is freaking cool if you're you've seen that video right oh yeah that shit is nuts yep um i I watched that probably six months ago and it's one of those nice little videos that you can always come back to and i i love phil vanderpool to death um and just bringing up the virtue i mean you got to meet a couple of the other guys dude i've I've started, you know, our good buddy TJ Unger. I texted him today, actually. I've I've talked to TJ probably every day since he got his phone back, um, and we were talking a lot before um, after his accident, and I ended up through him talking to Brady Miller, yep. and I've just recently because I had to apologize because Kurt, when we were talking uh, to Bren Ripper, Brendan, I called him Ben Piper. <laughs> So, I apologize to him, but I've kind of kind of talked to him a little bit. That whole Virtue crew is um, man. There's something else, dude. I I love everyone that I've talked to from there, and PV has put together. And we harping on it all the time, and you know, I, the best I, crew around. Yeah, I, think. I, I don't care if you guys uh, out there get sick of hearing us talk about them, but the people that we've met. It's just it, it's incredible, you know, and it all kind of started with. Uh, I, I think it started with uh, with Philip, or w- was yeah with Clint, Clint, Clint yep. Squatch, yep. but he wasn't in camp with you. No, he was not there. No, but yeah. I I think we I think we need to have Philip on to talk about uh, decoys because he yeah. I think he is the decoy king. Like he was spitting so much knowledge at me one night or. I couldn't even take it all in to realize what the hell he was talking about. Should have notepad the whole thing. I know I should have. I couldn't even. I couldn't even write phone, that fast. She just pulled your phone out and just videoed him talking about it. I should have. That's what you got to do, man, dude. If if I ever got into camp with um with one of those guys, dude, I would take one of those recorders and I would set it on the table and I would just let him talk. Like some weird shit he told me. Like, so if you have like a cheap decoy, he's like, take some clear fingernail polish and cover their eyes. Because there's something about when a deer sees his reflection in a deer's eyes, they go nuts. What? Say yeah. it again? Okay, so take yeah. clear fingernail polish and go over the eyes of the decoy if you have, like, a cheap one. Yeah. And it's something about that. He, not- he noticed this when um, he had a DSD turkey decoy, and it has glass eyes in it. And he noticed with those ones, with the reflection of them, something made him go absolutely nuts and attack it more. So he said, even with the cheap decoys, he would take clear fingernail polish and go over the eyeball. So when they see that reflection, 
you know, I don't know what it is about deer or something, but when they see that reflection in the other deer's eyes, it makes them go insane and attack oh, more. Yeah, shit, well, that's here, deep. Yeah, that well, think about shit. it. It makes good sense, though. Think about it. You know, uh, for humans, what's the, the saying? Uh, the eyes are the gateway to the soul. Deer are probably no different. <laughs> what? <laughs> you guys ever heard that? No, no. <laughs> Tyler, <laughs> I, I got Tyler and Brian on that. <laughs> Dude. Okay, no, it okay, doesn't no, make no. sense. Though. Like, I do, I get that into a, I get that because he said he's even taken glass taxidermy eyes and yeah. put them in decoys. Is that what the? Because uh, Clark I, I kinda, last week talked about Dave Smith uh, decoys. Which, dude, I, we got to get one just for in the studio. Da- I'm, we're not putting a Dave Smith decoy in the studio. Hell yeah, we are. They are awesome, but they're, they're amazing. Five, they're five hundred plus bones for a Dave Smith. Oh yeah, but, whatever. But they're worth it. They they're the most realistic decoy you ever buy. I watched a video of them. And they couldn't keep up with demand. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. They were like struggling to kind of like keep up with their orders hard. Like it was crazy. That's not a bad thing to no, have. No, no. Like their decoys are the best. Like without a doubt. Like if you're gonna buy a decoy, that's a decoy you want. Yep. Um, but that is a good idea. Um, Mark Reif, our buddy, is a taxidermist. Um, everyone knows Mark Reif. I don't know why I'm acting like no one. Money bags. He can get the uh, the Joe Meter eye. It's, that's where I went to taxidermy yeah. school. It's a glass eye, and that'd be easy. They're expensive. They're twenty five. I don't remember. Right? Okay, but 25 is it, is it two hundred inch buck worth it? Yes, absolutely. Okay. The thing is, go. it's a you know that's a deep tip because and he said he also said like some um, like you don't want to surprise that buck, so you don't like you kind of want to have him out in the open, so you know you don't want him right on the edge. So like if he comes around a corner and he sees him, he's gonna get spooked. Like right. you don't want to surprise that buck because you want to be able to have that buck see your decoy from a distance. You want him to knowingly approach the decoy. Right. He knows that buck is there, so he's either going to, and he said if they attack, they're going to come into the nose or they're going to swing around and sniff in the ass. That's how I always, when I hunt, I don't hunt decoys often, but when I set one up, I always I always set it to where the wind is kind of between me and the decoy to where I'm, a, I'm just, well, I hunt with a doe decoy. I'm not hunting okay. with a buck decoy, so it's a different game. See, and that's where he said he's never hunted with a doe, but he's always hunting with a buck. Yeah, I figured you can get away. I might be completely wrong. I don't know here. See, that's why we need to have him on. He's like the decoy freaking expert. Yeah, we need to interview him on that because I always assume with a doe decoy, I'm not going to spook as many deer, and it's going to work longer for me. Mm -hmm. To where it's like later into the rut, a buck decoy, I don't feel it will work as effectively as a doe decoy. Well, um, if you you saw on uh, social media, I I saw this today, Melissa Bachman, she actually was using a, a Dave Smith decoy. And, you know, she sprayed it down. Um, I, I don't know if it was a no-scent spray, but on where the glands would be, she poured the, the scrape, um, uh, whatever. What's the bottle with, like, the gold and red? The golden uh, scrape? Go, is it golden scrape, yeah, yeah. She was pouring some of that on there. So, I mean, if you've got a nice decoy, you know, you, there's a lot of ways you can make and, that work. And, and I, too, I thought like, that was kind of cool. The way he, he explained it, and I'm trying to imagine it, was... Okay, if he's saying that a deer is either going to come in, you know, nose to nose to f- rumble with to it. To fight, yeah. Or swing around and come up and sniff it and see what's going on. Come downwind of it. So I would say you would set that decoy up, court, you know, broadside to you. Because he's, he's either coming in, which is going to be broadside, or he's coming up on the That's ass, a good tip. which mm-hmm. is broadside. So either way, you're going to have a broadside shot at him. That's yeah. a good tip. Instead um, of like... You know, the ass is facing you or the nose is facing you. Right. Clark, last episode, said he doesn't like to have them facing the field 
because he thinks if a deer is like going to approach it from a distance, it looks like the deer is almost like alert to something's out in the field. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just standing there trying to, you yeah. know, scan the field where it's more alert. Right. Whereas if he turns around facing the timber, it's like, well, he could be looking at a doe, another buck. Or, or he's whatever. just walking yeah. in, you know. Or, yeah. Or he's like just sl- yeah, slowly making his way in. But it's that Dave Smith decoy, in my opinion, is it's I've no doubt in my mind it's the best decoy ever made. Probably they look good, but it's it's a, a soup. I don't know if they make more than one. I know the one that has like its head down that looks like an aggressive pose. They make a couple, yeah, it's a couple different poses. They do. Let me get yeah. on Dave Smith, but like the one that I'm thinking of in my head, which is I think most people see, is that aggressive like I'm ready to fight pose, mm-hmm. and that to me could be. Really good, but sometimes it could be almost too aggressive. It could backfire yeah. real easily on you. Because and that's that's another thing. He goes he goes, just because okay, a big buck sees your decoy and you snort wheeze or get a grunt at him, he's like every deer has a personality like a person. You know what I mean? Like most are pussies, yeah, I hear you. Well no, I'm just saying like there could be <laughs> people that kidding. like to fight or there are people that don't like to fight. You know, every deer has its own personality. Yeah, that's exactly it, yeah. But it's I feel like more times than not that like a snort wheeze, like even a decoy especially with a decoy, a snort wheeze with a decoy, a snort wheeze is a super aggressive call and I feel like it scares more deer than it attracts. Absolutely. Them. Yeah, and you know what you, you do when you get a decoy like that? I mean, you'll probably want to Write it on the regular Sharpie and write, now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. So when they check you the nose or the ass, they know they're about to die. If you can tell me what reference that is, I will send you stickers. I made a movie reference. (laughs) Okay. If somebody somebody can pick up that reference, you will get some stickers. There's the posturing buck decoy. I have it pulled up on the monitor here in the studio. Ears back. That is a badass decoy. That man. thing is nice. I think that's the only deer decoy they offer is that posturing buck. Is it, I thought there was another one, but maybe. But not. they have it looked in like it's, it's like a three year old, which is good. Like it's not like a super heavy buck. The yeah. rack's like the rack is. Is that rack foam? Is I, no, I would imagine so. Foam or, or not foam, but like plastic. I would assume. I don't know. Probably. I would. It's. Uh, Isn't that crazy? How real that looks. It's insane. Ugh. I don't know how they do it. I would like to get the tour of there because look at all the muscle definition yeah. and like the webbing of like. Where the, are they out of? Um, doesn't. I think a flat bill hat. Go to contact <laughs> about, or about, about us. us. Yeah, they got some dude. They put out a good product, man. Very good product. Look at that airbrushing the paint on it. Um, it doesn't, I don't see it right off the bat. Go to contact, because it might have, a, like, a mailing address or something. Without being, like, really boring here. Um, no, we're good. Uh, everybody else is probably Googling it right now. Dave Smith decoys. Oregon. Oregon, Oregon. wow. Lebanon. Uh, Lebanon, huh? That's nuts. But they make decoys for a bunch of stuff, don't I they? I mean, turkey, goose, deer. Turkey, deer, honker decoys, lesser. What's that? Cackler spec. Let's see a lesser. Yeah, they are legit, man. It must be a goose. Oh, this is Brian. Oh, this yeah. is right up your alley. Let's yeah, what's up with this, here. dude? A little goose. Hunt. A lot. I mean, I don't buy a lot of decoys. Yeah, clearly because you don't is know that, about this one. Look how real those look. Is that a good looking decoy, Brian? Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, I bet I bet I could do better. If you're in water or you're on a cornfield or. It depends on what you got, but I mean that's the yeah, best those, damn those, those are decoy solid. I've ever seen. I uh, I don't know anything about decoys, but 
Did we not Cackler, look up the Cackler's, turkey decoy? Cackler and Specs are like a, another waterfowl, aren't they? Hit the, hit yeah, that, they're geese. Specs. Mark Rife would be dropping some knowledge. Hit that oh, turkey yeah. decoy, uh, Kurt. Because did we not bring this the, up uh, with uh, with Clark Cummings? I, I cannot yeah, remember. Yeah, we might have. Yeah, Doug that, said he has a DSD turkey decoy, and it's the best one he's ever bought. All right, yeah, we'll uh, we'll take a look at this while it's uh, while it's loading up. All right, one more over, Kurt. There it is. Yeah, that looks dynamite. That's the realest shit I've ever seen. Humpty dump. Humpty dump. Humpty dump. Have you guys seen so far this year? Have you guys seen any turkeys? Yeah, I got I got a long beard on, uh, and they keep they keep working around this scrape. (laughs) I wanted to shoot one, and dude, they would not come out into the field, and they never do. Um, I'm not gonna lie. This is the first year I have not seen a turkey yet. I haven't seen like one in person in stand yet. I had a, uh, on the camera. I had like twenty just hanging out. Oh yeah, I've and seen, then I haven't seen anything yet. But yeah, I'd love I, to knock one down. On the- I'll show you some. Uh, I'll show you some pictures. Yeah, I've got some uh, some cool ones. I uh, <laughs> I was sitting there watching them. And I, like I Snapchatted uh, TJ Unger. I was like, "There's some turkeys right here, and maybe you might have to come up and kill them." And I I don't, I don't know, man. I'm uh, I'm a little sketchy to try and shoot one out of a stand. I just, you know, the vitals aren't there, and I'm like, I'm I'm confident enough in my shot, but I just, I don't know. It's one of them things that I haven't. You don't keep one gobbler guillotine arrow just ready to go? No, no, I've got, I think I'm going to shoot him with even a fit in a quiver? Yeah, no. <laughs> it, it'd be like those golf bags when you get, like, the, the side putt, like, the where your putter can go on the outside of the bag, but... Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know. I've got those raptor tricks, and man, those things are doing devastation. Didn't uh, didn't you uh, somebody use one of those in camp? Yeah, Philip actually used one. To oh, kill it was Philip? Yeah, yep. and uh, it was. We watched the video, and um, you know, it it looked like a decent shot, but it wasn't very promising. And um, but that raptor trick did it, man. I think he clipped the bottom of the lung, and the deer ran. 50 yards they said so it was it was devastating as hell so i might feel a little more confident if i can if i can shoot a turkey because uh i mean we're all uh well the three hosts are shooting raptor tricks i am i i actually shot my doe with one and then i ordered three more packs of them you got three packs of them i got four well four packs all together now you know what's funny i'm using uh because i want to try it out uh kurt had one he had a longhorn hunter i go man i kind of want to try that and I started shooting it. I go, can I use this this season? Is to see if I like it. And he goes, yeah, sure. It just needs a rubber band. I took one of the one of the um, rubber bands that comes with those, mm-hmm. and I put it on there. So it made it like a little bit more heavy. But I'm really enjoying it. The rubber band made it more heavy. No, not that. No, like the um, the breakaway because like, it's back tension. The opening. The opening. So when I it when it comes out, so it's not like it, it's not like one of those. You know, everybody I, says I thought it had use, one when it came with it when I gave it to you. No, you said this needs a rubber band. <laughs> I don't remember. Okay, you you told me you go if you use this, you'll forget to pay me for it, or you're gonna want to buy it. Now that's what'll happen. You'll just have it forever. Well, anyways, yeah, the last night, the last night hunting, <laughs> I uh, lost you. I, w- I completely spaced and like made it more heavy. I'm like, okay, yeah, that would make more sense. <laughs> the rubber band makes it more heavy on like the release, not the yeah, weight of the bow. <laughs> spaced, put they put five pounds on that some bitch. Like, jeez. Let's talk about... Uh, well, he was finishing a story. Sorry. Right? God, I, you spaced way I, out. I stepped out to go pee. Well, stay back out there because we're having a good conversation. <laughs> All right, so the last night in camp, last night stay hunting in camp, 
uh, Philip and Steve Brown ended up connecting with two bucks and got them down. We went and recovered them. And Steve's buck we let sit for, I don't know, maybe two hours, and the whole back leg was already eaten by coyotes out there. Wow. Dang. Yeah. Are these going to be on uh, Carbon TV? Uh, Philip's buck will be. Cool. So, uh, yeah, it was a good night. After that, we celebrated with a Will you be in the background couple, of any of those of bluegills? Uh, we might be. Wearing working class bow hunter hats too the whole time. You know what would be hilarious? Yeah, damn right we are. <laughs> it would be hilarious <laughs> is if you look at it and like <laughs> Phillips recover and like everybody's around and just Doug and Eric's face are blurred. Wouldn't that be? <laughs> that'd be I, dude, I would. That'd I would actually. Funny, I would be. I, I'm gonna be pissed off if I watch that and I actually see your guys' face and you're not blurred out like you were given some secrets to History Channel about gang violence and you just want to remain anonymous <laughs> and you got that stupid shadow on you. If we talk, it's like a weird robot voice. Yeah, <laughs> it's all deep. They, they give you like T pain, but like turned up to gain. Yeah. God. Let's talk about a couple more things here. Let's hear it. And this is all Steve's show notes. Yeah, Kurt. Let's uh let's let's bring this back to you since you want all the attention, since you want to direct us where we're going when we're having good conversation. God, now I know how it feels. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> the first time you do it. Yeah, I'm kidding. I'm a little confused by your tactics here because you kind of went on to it and then you went back on yourself. So I'm just whatever. looking I'm just back saying. and forth here. I don't know what's going on. All right, here's what's, here's what I want to talk about. This is November related. It is. We have been, and mostly Trevor, we always do the check-in with Kurt. It's like, hey, Kurt, what's going on in the cell cams? I think it's because you're probably the only guy with cell cams, but I oh, think yeah. they're a really, really nice tool this year. Do you get annoyed by that? No, not at all. That's why I have them. That's why, I mean, I feel like every morning or afternoon, I was like, all right, what's moving? Hey, yeah, Kurt, uh, what, what do you time? got? <laughs> it's just, I'll check them right now. Um, you skipped one, but we'll talk about this first. I thought you were going to bring up the first point. Bullet. No, no, no. We're going to get to that later. Um, I, I want to bring this up so we can end on that. So what do you want? What are you asking? Essentially, um, I don't have anything new from what I did this afternoon. So that's okay. just that just proves our point from earlier is that it doesn't always, uh, you know, there's not always deer on your camera. There could have been deer mm-hmm. walking behind my camera all night. Okay, well, and that's, I'm going to bring up another point from Missouri because there was one stand where we could see the camera from our stand. It was like. I don't know, 30 yards in front of us. And I bet you 70% of those deer walked behind the camera instead of in front of it. Right. That's the thing, too, is I think a lot of people don't take that into mind. And, you know, it's 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 easy to do that because, like what I was saying earlier, where I hung that stand and I had my camera there, I haven't got a lot of pictures on there, so I'm not, like, super motivated to hunt it. But that doesn't mean the deer aren't walking 10 right. foot over to the left or the right. right of the camera. That's a super common thing. But it's a... Uh, you know, cell cams are super handy because while you're at work, you get to see and it helps you make your moves for the weekend. But like if you're like me, maybe I'm not the smartest cell cam operator. Um, I put my cell cam in a spot I'm curious about to see mm-hmm. what could be there. And yeah, it could benefit me if there's a 200 incher that happens to be moving through there. Like I guessed and checked and there he is every afternoon. Right. I get lucky there in my curiosity, like what we were touching on earlier, or I might have it in the wrong spot altogether and I'm wasting my time. But you don't know that until you make the move. But that's with that's with any trail camera around. You know, you it could is. say this. Okay, this is a good spot, and you don't check it for two months, and then you go in there, and there's three pictures of a weed flying by or a leaf. Exactly. Yeah. You know what that's I'm saying? It's, it's all guess and check shit. That's the thing. Yeah, it is. Um, 
But uh, what, what's Steve's actual question here? Um, so how I'm going to apply this to the rut is I'm probably going to keep my cell cam relatively. This could be a mistake, but I'm going to try this. I'm going to try and keep my cell cam relatively mobile with me. Um, and what I mean with me, like this weekend, I'm going to hunt. I'm going to have two days off, and then I'm going to be hunting Wednesday through Sunday. I'm going to move my cell cam with me this weekend, and while I'm gone for those two days, I'm going to put it in a spot where I'm hanging a new stand. If I'm not seeing activity, I'm going to move that stand or move that camera. And uh, I think what I'm going to do also is maybe split up with it. And that kind of seems like I, I made one decision. I went back on it, and I'm a little indecisive. But I'm going to take it with me, and then I'm also going to uh, branch away from it and see what it can, what it can help me with. You know, if I if I try a different stand and I'm there in stand, and a buck shows up, he I can maybe kill him. But right. if he's at the other stand, I know he's at the other stand where my camera is. I can move back to that. Um, another point on here that we have uh, for Steve actually had on the show notes. Um, what is the main focus for hunting coming up? Where should we have stands? What what might be an what might what what read that? Oh, okay. So yeah, I said that wrong. I, I, <laughs> clearly I spelled Doug Doe. Um, what time of day might you know you be able to get down if you want to check some cameras? If you don't have cell cameras, or like you said, you want to move a stand. Coming into where we know, um, we'll bring this up. Because we know the rut's full on because the Facebook video in Moline is two giant bucks fighting in the city. <laughs> we didn't talk about that yet. We, we, we'll get we'll back, back to that. that. We'll touch on that. But to answer that question, I'd like to go on that. In mm. my opinion, none of this is the final word, of course. Well, Kurt. Anyway. You're the host of a podcast. You have to know <laughs> how to kill deer. In my opinion, if you have cameras to move or a stand to move, like in my case, like I'm going to do both on Saturday... Do it as quickly as possible. All day during this time of year, we all know, you hear people talk about it, is a good time to be in the stand. And that's when, you know, you should be in the tree as much as possible. But you have to kind of counterweight your options. Right now, I know I'm going to be on vacation next week. This weekend, I'm going to hunt in the morning. I'm going to try and sit as long as I can to where I know I can get down, do what I have to do to hang the stand, move those cameras, and then get back in for an afternoon mm -hmm. hunt. So... But all the stuff that I'm going to be doing Saturday afternoon, I plan on getting it done Saturday, and I'm going to hunt all day Sunday, and I'll hunt all day Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the next. Those are all in preparation for the best days to come of the year. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, it, it, it's painful to sacrifice that time to get that shit done, but you almost have to get that shit done to make that time worth your while. You have mm -hmm. more options if you get the work done. And this Early. might be... I want to add this to it, too. It might seem like, well, why didn't you do this three weeks ago? The deer weren't doing what they're doing now three yeah, weeks ago. Not. Absolutely not. So I am making these moves on these deer now because three weeks ago the deer weren't doing the same shit. So I know I have an idea of where deer are coming from. Or, or let me rephrase that. I have an idea where these big bucks are coming from to where I'm going to hang these stands. And I have a, one stand that I'm going to hang is in a, a spot where I don't already have a stand mm -hmm. that's has not been hunted at all. Right. So as me hanging that stand there next weekend, it has literally zero hunting pressure. Yeah. For everyone listening, it must be piss rut because everyone in this room has gone to pee right after another. <laughs> in case you're wondering what that noise is. Um, but that's just, that's, yeah. It's almost like it, the, hunting whitetails and breaking it down, it almost seems like everyone goes back on what they say. 
And that's why I have a huge problem with a couple episodes ago. I kind of went on a rant on someone that went on about if you if you don't see deer during the October lull in air quotes, you just don't know how to hunt the rut or don't know or don't know how to hunt deer and don't understand how they move. Yeah, you, and you only know how to hunt, know how to hunt the, the rut. rut. Yeah, but it's like it's too umbrella of a statement to say that because nothing applies to all in deer hunting. Mm-hmm. You know, and it goes back to what we were saying earlier. What we preach all the time is. Deer can do whatever the fuck they want to. They're wild animals. You know, if a deer wants to do this one day and then the next day he wants to go over and check does in the other field the next day, he's going to do it. And that's why it's a chess game. You're going to hang that stand to adjust for what that deer's doing. But the next day he catches a trail of a hot doe and cuts off to the fucking east and hunts or, you know, he's, he's moving over to hunt for does on that other other field. Yeah, it's, that's how it works. It's well, just that's what makes deer hunting fun. That's what makes bow hunting fun. Anyone can pull a trigger, but to get within 20 yards of a buck, it takes a little more effort. Some crops are out, some crops are in still. Yeah, that adds another dynamic. It throws a stick in your chess game that you're trying to play. I'm the neighbors, and then you got not to mention if you're primarily a bow hunter like us, you got people pushing deer during gun season, after gun season in Illinois. It's like got a frisbee golf course just like hundred <laughs> yards from your stand. Yeah, yeah I don't have to worry about gun hunters yet. That's the stuff. Yeah, Iowa's a beautiful state. I appreciate you. I'd like to come to Iowa's hair there a little bit and come over to Illinois and what's that mullet to come over and we'd adapt a little bit of that mullet. You know? Did you just give the Iowa, the Iowa, Kurt Geyer? If at, Iowa had a uh, mullet, uh, Illinois wishes they had it too. The, the, the Geyer, the Kurt, the Iowa comb over. Oh my God. I can't even get that out. Uh, Co- comb that over in Illinois. We want your, we want your regulations. Yeah, it'll be really thin and uh, from a guy who's 80 and probably pretty creepy. Anything but, else that we need to cover about November right now? Because it's the first week of November podcast. Yeah, my birthday's this month. No one cares about that. Just I, saying. I share a birthday with Ken Griffey Jr., so go kill yourself. How about this, Brian? You got any November-related topics let's, we need to talk about let's here? Let's being, being first week of November here. Hot or heavy. even Tyler, since we already acknowledged he's here. We broke the fourth wall. Tyler's here. <laughs> Tyler's here to put out the vibe and drink cold bush lights. That's all. Oh, look at look I mean, at the koozie he's using. What's wrong with that? <laughs> is he not, using a fish koozie? Yes, he is. He reps oh our gear, God. too. <laughs> Tyler wears our gear so well, and he wears it across country all summer long. That hat was in Canada for how long, Tyler? A while? Two months. Two months. Because he's months. a good-looking dude. Look at him. Full of muscle and if you, if, everything if else. If we are out at Iowa Classic <laughs> and you come there, Tyler is the dude that looks better than all of us with all the money. <laughs> so yep. Yep. come say hi. For <laughs> um, so buy your lap dance. As far as November goes for me, I might like. I think so far um, I had a little food plot with a stand over it, and I've been favoring it. So my my I guess my the only thing I'm going to work on here in the next uh, week week and a half. Um, I got another stand I haven't touched yet, so that's going to be my my go to. You got a cool buck, man. Captain Hook is what we're calling him. Captain huh? Hook, Captain yeah. Hook, Rack City. We had a bunch of deer. Rack City, Rack, Rack, Rack City. <laughs> bunch of deer all you're, summer. You're gonna kill that deer. I really do think you had him bedded last weekend. I had him bedded last weekend, 19 and a half yards. Um, just just came right out of the shooting lane. He was. He wasn't where I. Like today, I'm thinking. I wish I would have taken the shot, but. It's probably best that I didn't take the shot because there's too many little limbs. I knew there was just going to mm-hmm. ricochet off and, and just go right to the dirt. So been there, done that. I was drawn Captain back, Hug. and I, I yeah, Captain Hook, man, he, he's cool. I, we I, we I, talked I, about that a little bit too because we work together, and, yep. and Tyler works with uh, me and Brian as well. I don't know, if the listeners probably don't know that, but we were uh, we were working together, we we're driving along, and you were talking to me like, man, I kind of wish that sometimes I would have taken that shot. And this is a good dynamic that we that we should talk about a little bit because. I think that happens to a lot of bow hunters is you make a decision 
because you feel like it's the right thing to do at the time. And then later you go back on it and you're like, I wish I would have just, I wish I would like, you were kind of like, man, I wish I kind of just would have thrown an arrow in there. I know uh, the next, what, uh, two weeks from now, we're getting to shotgun season. So, I mean, there's going to be some. 17th or 18th? 17th, I think. Yeah. 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 The Thursday or Friday, Uh, rather. Around that ground I'm on, there's going to be a ton of hunting pressure. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll see. I still got time. So we'll see what happens. In my opinion, I think. You made the good decision not to shoot. Even though those limbs are there, even if there wasn't a lot, you probably wouldn't have hit them. But you could have hit them and wounded them. I'd have felt terrible if that. Yeah, had but happened, there's so. those there's those there's those times though too where okay you you're like okay this is a sketchy shot I should take the shot but then you look back and you're like I'm glad I didn't make that shot because that could have been terrible right you know what I'm saying yep. if he'd have betted two feet back to the north it would have been it'd have been game over but. Yeah, that's the thing. I do think because he's so comfortable there, he bedded down there. Um, you have day daylight trail cam pictures of him there. <laughs> yep. This was you were that's, in stand when he bedded down. Yeah, oh, dude, shit. that's like uh, we were watching that, uh, and this has been the show that I've been watching a lot of. It's a YouTube show. Kurt turned me on to it. It's it, the Midwest Whitetail. Um, I, I'm, I'm a Bill Winky fan. I always love Bill Winky, but he's love his Iowa. gloves. You, love you his gloves. Love you know this. This is this is kind of. I, I was going to bring this up earlier, but I just couldn't fit it in. But where we are located, I mean, we're not too far away from where a lot of these guys are hunting, and it's very, very relevant because they'll put out a show like the 24th, and you'll see it the 27th. You'll get a real good idea of what deer in that area are doing. It, does that mean it's going to happen on your property or farm? No, but he's close enough. It's in close the Midwest, enough. It, in it's the in the Midwest, and it's close enough, so you might be able to grasp you know, an idea of what's happening. And me and Kurt are watching, uh, he calls this buck wide 10 and we watched him get up in this tree. And he's like, this deer is very, very comfortable. And on camera in the daylight, this deer beds like within the deer is probably what 50, 60 yards away from him. And I remember Kurt's watching oh, in the this. field, in the field, yeah, yeah in yeah, the yeah. field. And Kurt watches this and he goes, Holy shit. <laughs> it just goes you know. to show like how little pressure that he puts on there. And, it's well, yeah. And the the big thing was, you know, getting into it. Um, a, a, a lot of guys, you know, you see two does in the field. I will just walk the field if they blow out, whatever more deer filter in. But they crawled the last. That's a good point. Fifteen, twenty, um, twenty they, yards. They do their best not to spook any deer walking in because he said, "Yeah, we saw two does in the field. We didn't want to spook them. Now there's seven does in the field." Um, and I watched. Uh, a recent episode of The Virtue. They were hunting, this is probably two weeks ago, Josh McDaniel was filming, and I can't remember the guy's name, I apologize, but they planted this food plot, and they used uh, they used the big tine, and this shit was growing up within like a week and a half. They planted this food plot, and the way they get to their stand is they take a rowboat and go across a two-acre lake to get to the stand because they don't want to walk through that field, and... That's beautiful. I mean, it's it's smart you, though if you think about it, because I mean, you could be busting so many deer that you don't even know about. Uh-huh. But instead of walking a hundred yards through that timber, you can take a boat three hundred yards and jump right in your stand. Yeah, and it's it's the little things. It I mean, you you thing. never know bumping does right now. You never know what doe is in heat and estrus, whatever you want. You have call no it. idea. So it's probably not why, because then all of a sudden then you bump them, and then all of a sudden some little seven year old gets to kill a lifetime giant buck. <laughs> it 
pisses me off. Buck of my is life. A, <laughs> this is the point best buckle. Buck. Yeah, and you've been alive longer than I've been in a drunk. You've been you've been alive less time than I've been in a drunk. A six stupor. year a six year old shooting a seven and a half year old deer. Get the hell out of here with that. <laughs> He's but, kidding. You're kidding. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. But but it's just it's one of those things. I mean, you don't know what does are. Um, and I, I'd like to get. You know, because I, I I couldn't look at two does and tell you. I don't know if you guys could which does in heat or not, other than how the buck reacts to either one. Yeah, I can tell for sure. Okay. Oh, why don't you put <laughs> no. a Facebook post about it? I should. <laughs> You're so full of shit. I mean, you might be able to do a bit. Like, and most of that is like if other bucks are reacting a certain way. I, I don't know if if there is a way. I don't know how to do it. I would like to talk to. And we've been talking about getting deer scientists, but but like that would. Thing be, is, it's hard for us to get deer scientists to have a conversation. Why? With what? Us. If they don't want to come to Sherrard <laughs> into a house and drink beer with a couple of creepy dudes? No, we can do it. We we have connections with a couple people though. Um, I just haven't made the conne- I haven't made it happen yet, but we do have the connections. Well, I just uh, you know it I, will happen. I will get it to happen. I just you know is in this time right now. I know that what I'm personally going to do because I haven't connected on a buck, but there's a, a giant buck that uh, I this is this is not relate. Well, I thought about it today. I've been quoting rap lyrics, but I've I decided that all big deer I'm going to give rapper names to. That is funny. So that big and I'm going to name all my, all of my deer human names. Okay, <laughs> which is funny. But that big deer that I showed you a picture of that's Gucci Mane. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> He's the big some bitch, and uh, the deer that I think. Is probably most killable. I've shown you. I saw a picture of him Tupac. last year. No, he's a. <laughs> oh, please, he's not sitting in a car. No, that little boosie, oh. boosie badass. Because I think he's going to be showing up a little bit more. But I'm that I'm is funny to, as hell. Yeah, Gucci Mane and little boosie. I've got. I'll show you which ones I'm talking about. But I know I'm going to be yeah, funny, as yeah. careful as I can. In, Where do you come up with this shit? Tear shaped drop tines. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'd for his I, homies. I don't think you know a whole what's lot funny about- is no one can make fun of you for that because everyone else has some dumb. It's like how do you think of that nickname? Oh, well, because it's, it's like no, you just named him that. It's like chicks getting tattoos. Like, uh, dude, every every time I see a stupid name on a deer, it's the same thing as a chick getting a tattoo. Hey, why'd you get a tattoo of a yin yang? Well, see, here's the thing. See, me and my sorority sisters, you know, we <laughs> we just had this thing where it's like I drink Jaeger and then I would just be evil, but if I had crown, I wouldn't be so yin and yang. It's just like, dude, if you ask me, like, hey, why'd you get a snake? How do you come up? How do you like if you ask me, like, why did I get a snake tattoo? Because it looked badass if I didn't wear <laughs> sleeves. That's why. Here's that cobra. This is off the top, people. Like, he isn't. He just thought of that. Yeah, I don't. How do you do People that? People are like, yeah, we know he's an idiot. That's the one thing I can do. That's the one thing you're good at. Yeah. The only thing you're good okay, at. Okay, so. And I'm name, not that great at it. Naming but. your dear rapper names, I highly respect that. Minor people names. You know, I haven't named all my deer. I should. I should start. Jonathan is my favorite deer name I've ever had. <laughs> Dude, spell him like stupid with like no H. <laughs> Jonathan. Jonathan, like it, like some yeah. But that's that's what I do. So there's Gucci Mane, uh, Lobusi, um, Twenty One Savage has made a couple appearances, but he needs some uh, he needs some room to grow. You like that, Brian? Big fan. Big fan, he is. All right, we're going to hit Brian with some rapid fire here to close uh, here out. We, we haven't done rapid fire questions in a while. Uh, you never hit him with these? I don't think so, no. did we? Oh, okay. We either hit yeah. Brian or Billy. Brian, try not to look at the monitor up above. All right. Cover, Keep your, your, eyes cover your, your eyes on the prize. Cover that. your eyes. Brian. 
Billy. He's looking at the screen. Whatever you are. <laughs> and for people who don't know, Brian and Billy are twin brothers. <laughs> I love and and Steve gets them confused. It's it's bearded Brian and Billy with the beard. Sure. That's how, that's how you can tell them apart. Fun fact, Brian that's in studio actually married me and Sam. Yes. yes. He's yep. a good, he's a good Christian man. Something like that. We love him. It's okay, we've <laughs> hung out with you on Alexis before. Oh no, wait, that was uh, a <laughs> that was uh, you weren't there when uh, the moped was uh, doing burnouts in the bar, were you? I missed that one. Okay, yeah, that was <laughs> that was Billy, and then we drove the golf cart. Back. Okay, oh, all right, man. I just we missed we missed something. I want to talk about. We can talk about it Real after quick. if we want to. Or do First, we do we interrupt the rapid fire? Yeah, we do. What is it? It's too deep. We should save it. Is no, it really, I want to hear. It, it. We got is time. It like super deep, or we got to go. It, into it, depth can get, with it? it can get really deep. Let's do it. We got time. Drop it. People want to hear Drop these it. long podcasts during deer season. We're, we're gonna save season. it. We're gonna save it. We're gonna save it. Okay. All right. We're okay. gonna get to the most important thing. Sorry. Back to you. Sorry, Brian. I heard that. Rapid fire. Who's your favorite pro wrestler? Oh, Stone Cold for sure. God, I love that guy. Need some Steve White. Hey, you right know now? what? Yeah. Dude, I, beers. I, I, I want to tell you something funny. I, um, no one cares. Steve Austin had Chad Ward on. Um, <laughs> the guy, his whiskey bent barbecue. He's a Traeger Grill represent representative, and he was talking on Steve Austin's podcast. He goes, "Yeah, my buddy John Dudley. John Dudley was brought up on Steve Austin's podcast. Nice. I sent I sent Chad a, a message. I'm like, dude, that was so awesome. My three favorite things: pro wrestling, barbecue, and archery. And you brought them all up. And dude, he's a <laughs> cool dude. So. Right. Yeah, he's he okay, was on anyways, Steve Austin's Kurt, show. Uh, questions, please. Let's get back to it. Do you know the the rules for rapid fire? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Favorite camo. Real trees. I'm I'm rocking. Favorite movie. Uh, I don't really know. I don't watch a lot of movies. Good question. Last song you played. Uh, Turnpike Troubadours. Actually, wow, that's Bingo. the best intro band yet. <laughs> Your favorite oh. band. I would probably go with the Turnpike Troubadours on that one. Yeah. Nice. Favorite time you tried to see Turnpike Troubadours with Gump? I'm not sure on the Gump thing, but um, <laughs> probably in Steamboat, Colorado. That's, that's, a, that's Andy's fest. name. I work with it. Oh, okay. It, it, they call him Gump, apparently. Gotcha. <laughs> Favorite outdoor magazine? Outdoor Life. That's mm. a solid one. Favorite bow brand? Um, Be very I mean, careful. Right now I'm shooting the Hoyt, so I got to rock the Hoyt. What? Okay. Second favorite bow brand. I I think I mean I'm getting persuaded in this elite thing, so we'll tell see us what about happens. this. Are you you're gonna get rid of your Hoyt? I hear. I mean I'm looking for an elite. Yeah, you're, okay. you're shopping for an elite. I'm shopping for an elite. Yeah, I hear that. What are you thinking? Option six, option seven, tempo, tempo maybe, tempo a little E35. Bit? Ooh, I bet the E35 would be good. I feel a little bit of E35 flavor in your blood. A little Brian's bit. a big son bitch. That E35 would probably be. good I saw for you me. looking at my green E35. You're like, what's this all about? <laughs> it did look nice. I do like that, uh, especially the color too. It'd be fun to shoot a boat hey, with a lime. Hey, shoot you, a deer with a lime. You could get the green too. that Steve has on his option six and the E35. Mm-hmm. Hey, you like that? <laughs> <laughs> Rapid fire. You like that? <laughs> okay, uh, backstrap or jerky? Backstrap all day. Favorite outdoor related show? Um, I do enjoy Steve Relina's, um Meat Eater. Yes, that's probably one of my favorites as well. The show, not the podcast. You have a favorite podcast. Your favorite podcast. <laughs> I mean, I only have a, a few podcasts. This is not meant to, to be. To, I, I always clarify this. This is not meant to be self serving. But 
It's totally working class bow hunter. It's, yeah, it's the one I listen to the most for sure. Thank you. Oh, well, we finally got one right. One okay, two, this actually. is a deeper question. Since working class bow hunter is your favorite podcast, your favorite podcast host. That's actually on the list. Mm. Man, this that could be right deep. that has came up before. I wonder. I mean, sometimes I, I throw it out to the guests. But uh, <laughs> word up, word, yeah, because it is Dude. better to listen to that. Hey, <laughs> Brian, don't play with me. I we do, I do uh, enjoy Steve. I mean, there is uh, solid. It's a gamble. It's hard it, to compete it is. with him. It is. Dude, this guy's he on keeps you smiling. Fire. I've only been picked like once. I think <laughs> who's it from? Keeps you listening. Who picked what? you? Was Bullshit. it Byron Horton? Bullshit. You've been picked more than once. I've been picked a few. I think it was like less than you guys. Byron and uh, uh, Bow Hunting Fiend. What the hell's that dude's name? That's how you know he's got street credit. Call him by his Instagram name. Uh, Anthony. It's Bow Hunting Fiend. That's all oh, you shit. know. Him. Public, land, public land expert. Um, morning or afternoon hunts? I think afternoon for me. Uh, it just for and the reason being is uh, most of the time after work I can I get off at two thirty and I can sneak in. And just try to catch more of those during the week. So that's cool. Eric's always selling point for that. Like it makes sense, but Eric kind of put it into good words: is your hunt progressively gets better in the afternoon, whereas your yeah, hunt yeah. in the morning typically gets worse. And that's yeah. like that's like my kind of rule of thumb is in the morning, like you can. I'm not trying to go into detail here, but no, you can. Like uh, we can do whatever we want. It's our show, you, yeah. <laughs> if you like the way I look at it, okay, the morning, the sunrise comes, whatever. And if you <laughs> the most beautiful thing on the planet, yeah, it just get comes or whatever, you know. Sunrise, no big deal. But if you're seeing deer consistently, stay in the stand, obviously. But I always give myself an hour. Like if I don't see a deer within an hour, it might really? be time to get down. Yep. Man, I feel like that's pretty quick. An hour? Yeah. It's. it's I'm not going to judge you. I'm just saying. No, that. Yeah. But have you ever bumped deer doing that? No. It's, I, is that uh, after like eight o'clock? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so after you, a certain oh, time, oh, so right, you right. go. So, so like, I'm gonna say, okay, I'm gonna sit till this time, like say nine, but then after that, an hour. <laughs> Dude, yeah, this some bitch gets in the six stand. To seven, he's like, yeah, some bitch gets in the stand at five thirty. I ain't seen a deer yet. Well, I can't see shit. So six thirty, right. I, I might as well figure that up a little bit. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I hear you. I was say, I killed my buck at eleven last year. I didn't see a deer all fucking morning. <laughs> I sat for a lot of hours, <laughs> and depending on the time of year and whatnot, you know, I'm like shit ain't nothing moving. Oh hell, dude! He gets in the stand at twelve to one. I didn't see shit. Bad day. <laughs> typical deer or non-typical deer? I'd be in for a for a, just a crazy non-typical. That would be cool. Would be cool. Um, hang on or ladder stands? <laughs> this point in time, I'm a ladder stand guy. I'd, I'd like to transfer over to the hang on thing, but we'll yeah. get you there. We'll get you there. We'll oh, help yeah. you. You just killed the buck of your dreams. Uh-huh. You go back home and you celebrate. You either celebrate with a. Beer X of choice or beer liquor of choice? Which one are you choosing? Beer or liquor? It's Miller Lite, dude. Why would you even ask that? <laughs> well, odds are it's probably going to be a Bush Light, really. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, if Billy would have a Miller Lite. If he yeah, was yeah. Yeah, I, Billy came over. to. I had to help him sign yeah. in his HHA. He's like, oh, yeah, I brought some beer. I'm like, cool. Where the? Oh, it's in the, it's in the trunk. Okay, I'll grab one. I'm like, yeah, you want one? Yeah, yeah, yeah grab me one. I get in there. I'm like... Miller Lite, Bill? What the <laughs> fuck? Dude, I get in. It was last week. Kurt goes, yeah, there's beer in the fridge. And I go there and open it up. I go, what the fuck was a Johnson brother here? <laughs> it's a pack of Miller Lite with like four taken out. <laughs> yeah. Brian, yep. what's your dream hunt? Um, For me, I, I want to do an elk hunt and just get like a monster, you know? 
And probably any state in mind? Not particularly. Um, New Mexico. Any elk that you could? Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, just a big elk. Really. There's a farm off of 80 here in Illinois. There's a monster elk on there. Me and Jeremy there. go out. It's high fencing. <laughs> when me and Jeremy go out, shout out Buckstorm on YouTube. Check them out, guys. Um, we go out and hopefully kill an elk in northern Colorado. Have to go back out and film. Yeah, you and Jeremy would like it. Joe, why don't you go on that trip too? These Steeler fans can hang out together and talk about how Ben Roethlisberger is a little rough with women, allegedly. <laughs> so throw that out there. All my uh, all my no AFC North fans are like, yeah, yeah. So I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, don't worry. Favorite <laughs> restaurant? Um, the Rib Shack, Gillsbury, Illinois. Really love it. Uh, Clark Cummings was talking about that. Is that really no? I. What's the one in Galesburg or at Knoxville? Uh, Big Cats. Okay. It's good too, but it's no Rib Shack. Yeah, the Rib Shack is right next to the Arby's that still has the old hat logo. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yep. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> For sure. Favorite tree stand snack? Uh, I, jerky. Rib jerky. Shack leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> Superhero power. I would say to fly. That'd be where it's at. That's a good one. You know what mine would be? To have night vision. Night vision or would be not... Buy the iPhone X, dude. You're going to get thermal uh, camera. (laughs) Hell, it's the same damn thing, dude. You can scan that field. Ah, There's a hot body over there. To not smell and have night vision. Ooh. Stellar. I'd be the best poacher on the planet. You know what? (laughs) (laughs) Buzzbiss. Fixed or mechanical broadheads? <laughs> I'm a fixed 308 rifle. I just... uh, I don't know. You can't fail with fixed, right? That's true. Face paint... Face mask or other? I I got my beard going now for hunting season, but um, I'm a face mask. I mean, I kind of play the wind. If it's going to get cold and, and rainy, I usually cover up. So the face mask is where I'm at. Okay. This question, I'm not like, I'm going to ask it anyway. I normally skip this one, but I feel like it's funny enough and it <laughs> needs to be like reworded. Probably it's been junk. We haven't asked Rapid Fire in a while. We need to get back on. Yeah, we do. Day with a supermodel or 500 acres of hunting ground for a weekend? I take the the five hundred acres. Yeah, I got a, that, I got a big wedding feel, coming up here on. Uh, yeah, I was say, you don't feel confident so. in yourself, dude. You get <laughs> that date with the supermodel would go sour. Okay, we need we do need to reward that because like we got was, a couple fill in the blanks. I'm going to ignore everything you're saying right now and just move on to the fill in the blanks. Kurt, you're the best host that this podcast has ever had. <laughs> Finish the sentence. Well, he ignored it oh, during hunting season. My wife blank misses me. <laughs> <laughs> All my tree stands are blank. <laughs> Ladder stands. <laughs> During the off season, my favorite thing to do is blank. Uh, ride the ranger. Go. I mean, and and to be more specific, like I get on the ranger, I go check trail cams. So like whenever I get home from work, and odds are I might throw a beer or something in the back of it in the old cooler. But yeah, I just cruise out and check out check out my trail cams and and ride the ranger around, Polaris Ranger. So uh, cool. Do you park it over at uh, the house across the street? <laughs> what so. what the hell is the uh, <laughs> what is that? Oh mean? no, that's a, where was that ranger at? When that I'm white bored? one, right? Oh, you're talking Ailes' house. Ailes house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was like trying to get there. Where the hell is this? I look for the white ranger in the park. Oh, you mean the the only house on the block with the three hundred foot long building? No yeah. one, literally in podcast land, knows what you're talking about. I uh, I know what I'm talking about, and that's important. When I'm bored <laughs> in the tree stand, I like to blank. I mean, doesn't everybody play with their phone a little bit? You know, hey, see what's yeah. going on. 
Uh, well, actually, recently, I've just been checking the old uh, Working Class Bowhunter podcast Snapchat on mute and seeing what's going down. Nice. This guy, dude. Bingo. This guy. Well, bingo. Plugging it. Do we want to talk about anything else? Boys? Yeah, I, I do want to bring it up. Hand me a beer. Yeah, I got a half full one here. <laughs> <laughs> here, I spit in this one. Curtis, I got a full, full one here. Okay. I want to talk about the video that's starting to go viral right now. Yeah, good call. It was right in the middle of Moline, and if you ever know anything about Moline... Illinois. Illinois. It's where John Deere is made. Okay, it's the city. It's uh, literally in between... Oh, excuse me. City, it, it's... There's a city here, city here, city... There's not a lot of timber or anything around here. It's pure it's city. ravines and draws and all sorts of weird... Just, and then houses. It's, it'd it, almost it, be perfect hunting. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> if you broke it down. Dude, it's a concrete jungle, and... They're doing construction, so this uh, area is not heavily trafficked um, with vehicles. But people live there, and somebody posted a video. They were doing some work. Um, from what I understand, the guy, yeah, maybe I'm not going to put his information out there, but he started filming these bucks, and they're going at it hard. We shared it on our Facebook. So. We shared it on our Facebook. And, you know, you've seen a lot of these videos of, like, the, like, that's cool, but when you see like the videos of the two giant mooses, moose, and they're fighting meese, it, meese, mooses, 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 and when the the two mooses are fighting each <laughs> other in like someone's yard, them some bitches are big and they're gonna break a Buick, but <laughs> break a Buick. They're, they're as big as Buicks. <laughs> yeah, these uh, these two bucks are are going at it and. The the video is kind of grainy. Probably shot on an Android. You know, get a fucking iPhone. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> you know, he, I, I, yeah. Well, yeah. That's what I said too. I'm like, how do you not have an like that? If I'm ever a politician, my number one thing is I am gonna be giving iPhones to low income families just so that when they post fight <laughs> videos, they are super clear. This is no different. <laughs> this is no different. This is a fight video. And I need to see it in the clearest quality because I need to know what size these bucks are. But, dude, they are going at it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And nobody screamed out World Star, so this is really pissing me off. And we talked on the Facebook Live that Kurt's like, that was a World Star. I'm like, yeah, probably that dirt. Knowing that block, that's probably not the first World Star fight video that's been filmed there. But um, I think maybe we should post a map because uh, where this is, the uh, – it's right next to if you could ever look up the old Stardust Hotel, and if you ever look up hotels designed specifically for operating for thirty years and then being turned into meth labs and hooker hangouts, that's where this is. And these books are fighting right there. I, I I cannot make this up. I'm not making up any of this. So wait a second. You got to send out two people stickers. Yes. And you got to post a map. I got to post a map. You got yeah. three things to do. Okay, I'll get that. Can you handle that? Yes. Okay. Because I'll show just you. Making sure. Yeah, I'll show you where it is, and you can Google Earth it. But uh, where these deer are fighting again? Street there's view. there's road construction going on right there, so uh, a lot of it's been closed down. But this is neighborhoods. There's not a whole hell of a lot of timber right there, but they're just fighting. Like midday, just fighting. Nothing better to do. I mean, they're probably poor, so you know that's just that's probably what happens. You got nothing better to do. You fight. But it's incredible because, I mean, how often <laughs> I should have put it in a long time ago. No, man. you're fine because I'm going to bring it back to, to, to a serious discussion. We'll drive it right back in right now. Yeah. How's that? You're doing great. These bucks are, are fighting like this 
and this is stuff that you would always hope that you see. It's you shit know, that actually it, happens in nature. Yeah. It blows my mind that, yes, it's amazing to watch. But it's, it's amazing right to watch there. in town, but it blows my mind that everyone that lives in the lean is like, oh, my God, look at this. It's like, yeah, that shit happens around you all the time. That happens in Moline all but the you time. you got too, like, Moline is, like, full of ravines and... Yeah, collars yeah. and everything else. There's saying. a Bob Seger song. It happens in Vegas. It happens in Moline. But he wasn't talking about that Moline. They went over it. Oh, bullshit. They were talking about that Moline. But the thing is, like, that's why I said that Moline is perfect for hunting because it's all draws and ravines uh-huh. and channels. It's, they're and, everywhere. So that's that's enough. That's enough for today. We've uh, Go we've, find that video. We've, we've buried this podcast straight into the ground, which was our goal. Oh, um, <laughs> dude, I was trying hey, to stretch it out. We almost hit another two-hour Words podcast. of encouragement for this coming week here and the, and the week after that. But until next week, when we're in hunting camp recording, it's November. It's time for you to get after it. Commit yourself to the deer. Tell everyone else around you to take a break. It's your time to deer uh-huh. hunt. You had to go piss up a rope. Take right your, up a rope. Take yep. your time to get your shit done to kill the deer of your dreams, and we hope you do. The luck of the podcast is with you. Send us your photos of your uh, your trophy deer. We'll post them online. Go shoot your bow. Wait, we love you. What? <laughs> That's the a second wait. Caps are back in stock. Just want to reiterate because <laughs> it's a long podcast. Workingclassbowhunter.com. We have the stocking caps up. Stay warm out there. Man, Stay safe. My closing was so strong. Cool. You forgot something though. Kill some stuff. We love you. Go shoot your bow. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.